All right, we want to talk now a little bit about the issues surrounding financial regulation and the Fed. No doubt some things that will be discussed at the G20 as well. Republican Congressman Ron Paul this week will hold a hearing on his own bill to audit the Fed, of which he is a longtime critic. Congressman Paul joins us now from Capitol Hill. Thank you so much. Uh, let me start by asking you, you know, if you had your way, we would have no Fed at all. And uh, uh, people ask me when I say, say I'm going to have you on, what would we have done without the Fed during this uh, financial crisis, we did at least see them sort of stop the end of the world. Well, the neat thing is, is we wouldn't have had the crisis if we hadn't had not had the Fed. The Fed created the conditions for the necessary correction, which is the crisis that we've had. So uh, you can't just say get rid of the Fed, you know, in the middle of it all. But this pretense or this belief that the Fed saves us from these things, uh, these problems, is, is fallacious. Uh, they create them. Every recession we've had has been a consequence of the inflation of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve. Uh, participates in central economic planning and price fixing. They try to fix the price of interest rates and they try to plan the economy in this manner. So ever since 1913, they have given us nothing but grief. They inflate for the wars, they give us depressions, they give us the inflation, they've destroyed 96% of the value of our dollar. So I don't know how anybody can come up with the belief that they get us out of trouble and that we should give them more power. That doesn't make any sense. Abs and a six pack. Tabs in a six pack for three, two, twenty-one. Noah's over Noah! here. We got Noah with us, and third time's a charm. Boris D. Python back with us for the third episode. What's going on? I'm feeling great. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. You you did. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to blow our load too early, but you did uh, hint at. A connection between Bill Gates and QAnon that I'm really excited to hear about, but we we can save that for a little bit later. Yeah, I feel like that that that's definitely something we want to get to like way later. There's I want to get it. I want to get into this gold and money stuff because this stuff is it's huge. Like the the, the stuff that I I I've been digging into lately. I uh, I feel like there's 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 a whole bunch of manipulation going on in the Bitcoin market that. I if people don't know about this, it's getting ready to be like people are going to start putting the money that they took out of their house into Bitcoin and then it's going to be like 2006, 2007 all over again and Bitcoin's going to go down to 3000 and they're going to be like, "Oh fuck." Because the bankers are going to take the Bitcoin money to cover their losses in the silver market. Or whatever, whatever it's going to be, whether it, it's oil or silver, or whatever. Now, Bitcoin is the best of the cryptos, right? Because you hear like there's Bitcoin, and then everything else is shitcoin. Is the term you always hear? Um, well, they're I know all shitcoin. Doge, Dogecoin <laughs> is going. Like people are talking about Dogecoin. I uh, Patriot J, and this he he was the one that messaged me about it. So I feel like I can actually say the name of the cryptocurrency. But uh, he was talking to me about nigga coin. Like oh there's God. like tons of different like <laughs> cryptocurrencies. So, so what, like. Okay, so here's the thing that I've come to, and this is uh, just just through, I, I I bought Bitcoin in in maybe 2015. I bought uh, I had two Bitcoin when they were like a hundred dollars, and they I they they each made like a hundred dollars, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm rich now, so let me sell these because they're mm -hmm. definitely not going to make more than this. So right. then I was like really happy, and then 
now they're 50,000. I was like, oh, well, shit. Uh, I was kind of stupid. But um, Yeah, I know a lot and, of people you know, did the same thing. Right, exactly. So they've boomed in Boston a million times since then. And, and I'm sure they're going to boom in Boston many times again. But um, right now, the bubble is like we're in the, we're in the everything bubble. Everything everyone's talked about this many many times, but we're we're about to have a a major correction. I th- I think this is this is my this is my uh, speculation. This I'm this is me reading the tea leaves on on what I'm seeing in the markets and stuff like that. Um, I think this is why if you watch politically, you saw Trump kind of say, "Yeah, you know, I won the election," and then just like kind of like leave he's like yeah i won the election and it's like walk away and yeah, uh that was weird. And he, yeah and um and now biden's there and if you watch what the fed's doing they just they just printed 1.9 trillion dollars there's all these uh these economic factors with inflation that are getting ready to hit and uh, i've been reading zero hedge a lot i've been i've been watching a lot of different uh videos on stansberry research and i, I caught this guy uh, William Middlecoop, which we're we're gonna we're gonna get to a little bit later, one, he, with one of his clips. But he he had this thing back in 2016 about China's plan to reset the currencies, and when you get that tied Sir, in, with this, we love China very much. Please don't be too tough on them. When you when you catch that with the Agenda 21 stuff and the Great Reset, and then it all kind of clicks together, because the yeah. the, the financial people aren't listening to the conspiracy people you know what i mean like they're not they're not on the same plane like the alex jones people aren't talking to the to the cnbc people like they, they make sure that they're in a in a different planet <laughs> you know what i mean like they're not listening to the same news uh kind and of when you, but there is some crossover like uh max kaiser goes on infowars all the time well and and you know there's i actually have a clip with him too um not that i th- thought that he was like some evildoer or something, but just uh, he actually had a, a pretty accurate prediction of where, where, where Bitcoin was going to land. And he and he says it's going to be 146,000, I think, was what he said it's going to end for the year. And, and it might. But um, but I think it's about uh, – there was another guy that said it's about to hit 3,000. And right now it's at 50. And if you watch what everybody's doing, like Jim Cramer uh, on CNBC is pushing it saying, you know, oh, GameStop should should start pushing bitcoin uh they should start buying bitcoin and and put put like setting up shops so their customers are are going to be able to win bitcoin when they when they have gaming competitions like we're we're, we're getting ready to it's like this shill fest for bitcoin and uh and I, i i i'm just i'm feeling this thing this like euphoria and and i've even noticed the q people uh, like X twenty two is a pretty big uh, Q guy on on Rumble and, and other platforms, and he's he's shilling for Bitcoin right now, and he's like basically saying like the whole point of Trump was Bitcoin, and I'm like wait a minute what? And you know I just I listen to a ton of media, so I, you know when I'm working and stuff like that, I I I, I draw stuff all day, so like I, I my ears are free, so I listen to a ton of different stuff, and I'm like wait a minute, so you're trying to tell me the whole reason? for Trump's presidency was to take us from a fiat currency to a fiat digital currency. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and, and, you know, I just, I, I was digging into it more and more. And then let's say Q's a psyop 
well, if it's a PSYOP to get people into Bitcoin and create the next like massive crash, that might be what we're looking at. Because if you listen to what the people are saying uh, that are talking about the currency reset that's coming that China wants, and basically like they're like, it's a foregone conclusion, it's going to happen. Then it kind of everything kind of lines up, and it goes, oh well. It, that, in my mind, it's like, okay, I see, I can see where that happens. And then historically, it with the Great Depression, originally in the nineteen twenty nine, the the when that happened, when they, the big stock market crash happened, the revaluation of gold is what caused a lot of the despair with people. They called it the uh, the over speculation of gold, but what it really was was the collusion of of bankers and central bankers and stuff like that basically saying like well you know we've been saying that gold's worth this but we're kind of uh screwing ourselves we can just revalue it and all of our debt is worth half what it was before let's just revalue gold and then it makes it out of reach for people so i don't want to just completely blow my wad here because there's we, we, we can get into a lot of these things but um there's a lot to this I've been doing a lot of digging, basically, and I, I'm starting to see how these things all tie together. But we're we're in a funny money system. We have been forever. Uh, let's say since at least 1971, the entire world has been on a paper, funny money paper currency. Probably since the uh, the the New Deal. Well, no, uh, not not exactly. Uh, 1944. The Bretton Woods, uh, and that's actually, I have a clip about that. If you want to start on that one, um, that ex- explains the Bretton Woods. If you want to play that, that's actually it's a great segue if you want to play that right now. After World War II, it was clear the world needed a new financial system. The gold standard was considered too rigid, but at the same time, economists were worried that countries would devalue their currency to boost exports. For this reason, 44 countries sent delegates to a conference held in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, as of the 1st of July, 1944. The U.S., which held two-thirds of the world's gold reserves after the war, was obviously the most influential player, and ultimately, all currencies ended up linked to the dollar, and the dollar was linked to gold. One important concern arose, though. If a country goes through an economic crisis, how can it get out of it without devaluing its currency? To address this issue, two institutions were created. One the International Monetary Fund, which was supposed to lend money to countries that are in trouble and cannot attract financing from other sources. Two, the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, which is now called the World Bank and was supposed to help less developed countries grow. Unfortunately, as good as it may have sounded on paper, the Bretton Woods system didn't survive because the United States kept running deficits to fund various projects, and therefore, the amount of dollars in existence kept increasing while the gold reserves of the U.S. kept shrinking as more countries demanded gold in exchange for their dollars. As such, on the 15th of August, 1971, Nixon officially announced that dollars would no longer be convertible to gold. Let, let's, let's, let's zoom way out for a second. You have the Civil War that's, that's fought, and Abraham Lincoln uh, reunites the United States, and there's argument whether or not this actually happens. Um, I believe he borrowed money from London and us, like he, the, the theory is that he 
bought the slaves from the from the south but the way that he did that he basically indebted every person in america by doing that so he basically enslaved everybody so that's that's like effectively what happened so he like he freed the slaves but enslaved everyone in doing so to london so that happened in at the end of the civil war fast forward because we are now indebted we as america we're now indebted to London. Fast forward to 1913, we have a Federal Reserve come in it's because we were indebted to a foreign nation. Then they have this private banking system that is able to weasel its way in. Then you start having the world wars happen because people internationally are not happy with the global international money system that's happening. And People are battling over. Yeah, like every every not just world wars, but pretty much every war really comes down to the banks. Like, right. If exactly. You dig deep enough into it. Exactly. So now now if you look at the timeline where we are now and then 1913, the start of the Federal Reserve, then 1918, you have a pandemic. Well, look where we are now. 19 or 2019, you have a pandemic. And now 2021, we have question mark. Is this going to be a, another roaring 20s because Bitcoin's about to shoot to the moon and everybody is going to be rich and then leverage themselves to the hill and then overextend themselves more and just completely make the bubble larger? Or is the bubble going to pop now? And we're going to have pain now and actually do something to let these zombie companies die and then actually build out of this and have the Great Depression that we actually need to have to start having a, a recovery. Because right. that's it's like what, what Peter Schiff happened. talks about a lot. Peter Schiff is always like, we need to just go ahead and pop the bubble now because the bigger the bubble gets, the worse it's going to be. But what is a zombie company? Because I keep hearing that, I've heard that term lately tossed around a lot. Is that basically a company that um, is is not profitable, but it keeps getting bailed out? Effectively. And it's also like, it's a company that's it's only surviving off of government stimulus. It's only surviving okay, off of yeah. government loans. It's not surviving off of the free market uh, buying and trading with it. Okay. So Twitter. Twitter is a good example of a zombie company that not, sure. hasn't been profitable in like six years or whatever, however long it's been. Yeah. And if you look at it that way, then then all the cryptos, they're all – all of that, that, that entire market only exists because of 0% interest rates. And the 0% interest rates only exist because they're artificially low. And the, the, the entire crypto market, when you actually dig into why that started to take off – it's because everyone's all the industry was going to, to China and they were building all kind of semiconductors over not not necessarily in China, but because some of that's built in South Korea and stuff like that, too. But all of that's built overseas and they're building all these mining operations. Uh, it, they, they have a competitive advantage to build that cheaper over there. And then also all of the energy they they can they have these regulations they can skirt so they have all the coal operations and stuff like that so zero percent interest rates they can borrow money and then just funnel that into the mining operations so everyone's just throwing money into this bitcoin thing 
because they can borrow money at 0% and just grow this bubble bigger and bigger because it's QE infinity. But again, Bitcoin is based on nothing, just like the dollar is. Right. But eventually that, that has to catch up to people. I've never understood like why the average man would invest in Bitcoin when it's, you know, I mean, when the price of it skyrocketed up to, you know, let's say, you know, I mean, $6,000 plus, like, why would the average man ever invest in that idea? It seems like it's just totally a rich man's game. Like, well, I will, I will well, it used to be the, less the than a dollar advocate. per Bitcoin. Well, I remember I'll give you the devil's I, advocate, I, I almost which is... bought four of them back when they were 50 bucks. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, you would have been, you could have of paid course. your house off if you just held exactly. it. Exactly. You know, but, um, and, and I'll give you the devil's advocate, which is, well, you can break it down into an infinite number of pieces. You know, you could, you could buy so many Satoshis. You don't know, you don't need a whole Bitcoin. And, um, but, but the thing that I think of when you really like, you know, this is the Peter Schiff idea, um, which is, well, what is a Bitcoin used for? besides making transactions which is yeah that that's the thing that makes it a currency and not money and that's the thing that exactly. people are getting lost in and there, i have a clip about that if you, if you it's one of the earlier ones i believe that uh the difference between currency and money uh no it's Harry um, Dent. harvey did <laughs> <laughs> no that, it's, it's actually it's a little bit further down than that okay um, well um but Real quick, just not. I don't want to tie attention off too into this, but is do you have a theory on who invented Bitcoin and who Satoshi was? Because like a lot of people say, Elon Musk was the guy that invented Bitcoin. Nah, that. I mean, I I I have no idea. Maybe it was. That seems uh, odd that he would wait till now to to be like, right. oh, I'm buying Bitcoin. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, but yes. that's just just me. Good but cover. Um, but yeah, you know. <laughs> especially when he's like pump. <laughs> so it would be so odd to, to me that he would. Yeah, exactly. It'd be so odd to me that he would uh, invent Bitcoin and then pump up Dogecoin. Do you um, have a theory now. to who it might be then? Honestly, or what group it if, might be. Well, so now that I've dug into this so much over the last, just I mean, I've I've, I've been following Bitcoin for years, but now that I've dug into this so much, I really think it's the same cabal of bankers and elite elitist yeah. that are like trying to take over the world because I think this is well they've, they've, they've always talked about like their brave new world breakaway society this to me is the catalyst for that and, and you know you, you talk about um, how do you get your surveillance state this is this is the key to that it's it's Bitcoin. Everyone talks about how. But isn't oh, Bitcoin what, like anonymous transactions, like the Silk Road and all that? Yeah, the the actual like the bare bones Bitcoin is, but no one has a phone that's anonymous. No one has a device mm -hmm. that's completely free. So uh, uh, there, here's a great clip I have on there, um, or a link that I have on there about know your customer KYC. Um, in America, you you you're about to see uh, Coinbase go public uh, IPO and Coinbase is uh, you can't even get you can't buy a Bitcoin or anything unless you have KYC and no one really understands what that is like the, the average person but KYC like they, they have to know everything about you just like you're a you're shopping at a bank so you're buying Bitcoin thinking like oh I'm I'm like a I'm basically the same as you know I could be the same as a terrorist because that's the, that's what they make it sound like when you go on CNBC, they're like, oh, terrorist organizations are using Bitcoin, and I've seen I've seen since articles about how like uh, 
Joe Biden's trying to push uh, gun dealers to have to start using Bitcoin. And that's why <laughs> I see these things and I'm like, OK, they're they're setting this up. So it's like everyone who wouldn't use Bitcoin is going to be using Bitcoin. And then I think it's like a reverse psychology, like they're trying to get 100 percent. Okay, hundred yeah, percent. That that's that's the way I'm thinking of it, and um, because and then if you like listen to the people talking about, it, they're like, it's a perfect money, it kills the Fed, and I'm like, does it? Does it kill the Fed? Because does again, it it's, it, exactly, it doesn't kill anything. They're, well, like, it's they're not tax- taxable though, right? They can't tax Bitcoin, can they? Well, they tax your money when you put it in, or when you take it out, and they know how much you uh, put oh, into yeah. it. And right, um, right. And not so, to mention, that, everything that's... you do on a phone, they know what you did. And that's the other problem. There's no physical basis for Bitcoin. So, you know, you're going to have to convert it to dollars at some point, which is going to make it a taxable event, correct? Yes. At that point, you do. Now, if you Unless just live you're... in Bitcoin, yeah, sure. But, um, and, and I mean, there, there is a possibility that, that might happen. But, but, but here's the problem. With the, with the world that we're heading into where they're talking about, oh, we're going to have these mandatory vaccines. You're going to need a vaccine to work. You're going to need blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's the case and you're going to live in Bitcoin, like they're, they're going to create a world that you're going to get fenced into that you're not going to be able to get out of. Right. If that's like, that's the, that's what I imagine. And that's where <laughs> and to, I'm, and I'm to quote Pat Militich when he was on our show, if you try to vaccinate, forcibly vaccinate me or my I family, will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. Yeah, so, <laughs> absolutely. There you go. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so okay, so I I I'm probably should have been a little better with naming these clips that I pulled that you sent me, but um, do you want to get into like the currency versus money? Yeah, let, let's play that. That was the one I was trying to get to. Let's let's play that one. Your true wealth is your time and freedom. Money is just a tool for trading your time. It's a container to store your economic energy until you're ready to deploy it. But the whole world has been turned away from real money and has been fooled into using currency. A deceitful imposter that is silently stealing your two most valuable assets, your time and your freedom. Welcome to the rabbit hole. We are entering a period of financial crisis that is the greatest the world has ever known. The wealth transfer that will take place during this decade is the greatest wealth transfer in history. Yeah, that was just a that was just a quick overview of Yeah, there's there's a difference between currency and money. People people think they're the same thing, they're not. Um money actually stores your wealth where currency just transfers the knowledge of the transaction. So that's where like you have the paper that uh that used to be there used to be paper dollars that's where the dollar came from that was redeemable on demand for gold. And it was just right. more convenient to carry the dollar than carrying around a sack of gold. So it, it, one of them is just basically an IOU. Right. Exactly. And that and that that it just became more convenient to carry the IOU than it did the the gold. So that's why everyone carried the dollars. And then one day they kind of did the bait and switch and this is where we're we're heading into the the reset of internationally they're trying to put the central banks back on a gold standard which is a good thing overall 
but who is going to be the winner in that? Right now, when you say they you, are trying to, who's they? The international central bankers. So they really want that. Uh, well, I know China and Russia does. Now huh. that's oh, that's so, probably because China has our ass and they probably own all the gold now. Well, they they own, uh, I mean, some obscene amount of it, and so does Russia. Uh, now, if you if you if you really think about it, China is probably more capitalist than we are. Russia is more capitalist than we are at this Russia's time. Russia's definitely just, more capitalist than we are. Yeah. <laughs> if you just look at what's happening in the world, it, I mean, they're, yeah, they've, they've exported their communism to us. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what's happened. Um, mm-hmm. Now, yeah, so I've, I've kind of lost my train of thought there. But, um, yeah, so the currency and money thing. So I like the technology a ton for this cryptocurrency stuff. But that's where I, I, I think it ends when I when you hear the word, it's cryptocurrency. It's not crypto money. Um, you don't need to keep your wealth stored in it. You don't, you don't have to keep, you don't have to like invest in, there's no investing in cryptocurrency. There's nothing to invest in because it's just a transaction. You could use it uh, as a tool because it's a great safe way to send information from one party to another so that's where the gold standard or someone having a vault of silver or gold and then using crypto to say i have this silver here i'm going to send you the silver in that vault without actually changing the silver hands and everyone agrees that the silver is still there you could do that using crypto but that to me is cryptocurrency in its realest form and you're using money, actual money, to make the trade. Right now, they have all of us, literally, like, you know, when I say all of us, I mean, look at how many people are in a frenzy over Bitcoin and in a frenzy over all of these cryptos. I mean, just me a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting here telling everybody to buy, to buy Algorand and Ravencoin and stuff. And just, just myself personally, because I was reading about these things, I'm like, oh man, this seems so cool. And um, and then I, I, like I said, I dug into it more, and I'm, I'm like really just breaking down like what is happening here, and what is this frenzy about, and and then you see what's happening with GameStop, you see you see the whole the whole picture, and you're like, this is literally we're watching the run up of what happened in 1929 when you have like morons buying stocks yeah. that are just just throwing money away. Do, do you and, remember what I, I I'm hazy on the history of it, but there was some kind of like big tulip uh, yeah. bubble that started. <laughs> it was like a bunch of people in I think it was London. All of a sudden, like we're using t- there was like a tulip based economy and all these like like tulip flowers that people were like and it, it, I, I, remember I can't this. remember the exact details of it. Let me Google. This I've heard of this. Quick. Uh, it's on, I think it's on zero hedge. Yeah, because this is years ago. I remember reading about this, but there was like a tulip-based economy in Europe for a minute. Uh, tulip economy. But then I realized that like tulips were bullshit. Tulip mania. The term tulip mania is now often used metaphorically to refer to a large economic bubble when asset prices deviate from intrinsic values. At the peak of tulip mania in February 1637, some single tulip bulbs sold for more than 10 times the annual income of a skilled artisan. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and if you if you look at what's happening right now, Bitcoin is fifty thousand dollars, and an ounce of gold is two thousand. And if you think of what you yeah. can do, like with an ounce of gold, you know, it's in cell phones. Like you, you can put like a drop of gold in and have a cell phone work. Uh, whereas you can do nothing with the Bitcoin except transmit information again. And, and people, when I, I've been on Twitter and it's just been funny because I'm, you know, I've been kind of trolling the, the Bitcoin people and they are just hilarious, like how committed they are to this. And it's, the delusion is so real and it, it, it's like, I feel like it's got to be like if you were talking to somebody who was in the real estate market in like 2006 where it's just like you got to buy more houses, you got to buy more houses, you got to buy more houses, <laughs> you got to borrow more money and buy more houses. And and I just see like the, the writing is it's got to be on the wall. And and <clears throat> so so let's say they don't burst the bubble, though, they might overextend this thing even more. That, that could be the other option because we might have another year of madness. You know, it, it could go on even further because that's the other thing. Um, we can get further on. We, we have some, we, we have much more clips. Um, let, let's do the Harry Dent clips because um, those are great to, to kick this thing off. All right. Yeah, I got two of them. Nice to see you, although uh, you're not bringing a lot of good news here. 40% correction in stocks coming in April. Uh, let's talk about your latest forecast. Well, you know, uh, we, we've been in a down, a slowdown in the economy since 2007 because the baby boomers peaked in spending. That's something I was predicting for 20 years. That's our 40 year in our demographic cycle, which is quite precise. And so what have we gotten? Quantitative easing to fill the gap. Well, quantitative easing has created the biggest financial asset bubble. You look at stocks today and think we were in the greatest economy getting ready to get way greater. And what we've really had is, a, is an unrecovery. You know, we've been growing at 1.65% since the 2009 bottom with massive stimulus, with almost with very low inflation. We should have high inflation and high growth with this much stimulus. And it's because they're fighting a declining tide. And, and the cost of this, not allowing recession, not allowing the bubbles and the debt to shake down like, like, like we normally do, uh, we've got the, a monster financial asset bubble. Daniela, the most important number in the world right now is $520 trillion. That is, by the way, 6.2 times 84 trillion GDP in financial assets, stocks, real estate, bonds, that sort of stuff. That, it, normally that would be two times GDP, maybe two and a half in a normal boom. Yeah. Uh, debts at 253 trillion, that's off the charts, over three times global GDP. And, but normally that'd be one and a half, you know? So we, but they, they use this financial asset bubble to offset the debt deleveraging and the debt bubble bursting. And now we have a bigger monster. And I am predicting within weeks or months, the, the, the central bank's just going to lose control over it. It's just going to burst. If you notice, and, and this is the reason for my prediction here that we're going to see a 40% plus crash in yeah. just the next few months. Every correction since the January 2018 top, that was when the real bubble started to top. And then we get all this seesaw backing up. We get a crash, we get a new high, and then we every time we've got a crash to new lows, which means the market is trying to go down. We've peaked. And the next new low would project 2,100 on the S&P 500. That would be 45%. 
from the recent top, that would mean the tech stocks would go down even more, maybe 50%. So I think the next crash, what people finally see is, is the central banks keep pumping up the economy against these downtrends, creating this monster bubble that keeps wanting to burst and deleverage along with the debt. And, and then and, and it's a losing battle. And when, and when people say, well, well, yeah, don't print another, I'm sorry, don't, don't bother to print another 10 trillion this time, this thing's over, this thing, they lose control. And that's just gonna be the first crash and we'll end up by late 2022 or early 2023, back down, you know, 80 to 90% to, to basically erase this entire crazy bubble. Now remember, greatest bubble in history has occurred from 2009 into 2021 with the weakest recovery in history is the biggest disconnect between stocks and financial assets and the real economy. And guess which one wins? The financial assets and the stocks have to come down to reality. Hundreds of trillions, Daniela, at least 200 trillion minimum of this 520 is gonna disappear in the next two to three years. And that does not cause a recession, that causes a depression. Wow, okay. Wow. Okay. So, uh, explain what he just, what Harvey Dent, two, what two phase, what, explain to me what he just said. Um, as explain it to me as if I am a toddler who just received three MMR vaccines. <laughs> so, so we've got the stimulus that went on since 2007. You, you had the the QE, the quantitative easing. The um, Lehman Brothers went down and the central banks tried to save the economy and in doing so lent out tons and tons of money and bought all kinds of bad debt. And they've been fighting inflation. That's the thing that's key here. Um, when they've been putting all this money into the market, they haven't put it into the hands of the people. And everyone keeps talking about the 99%, the 1%, that, that's, that's been a, a term you heard a lot. You've always heard about how the, the, basically the people have never gotten the money. And the reason is, if we do, we're going to spend it and we're gonna see inflation. And they don't want that to happen because as soon as it does, that's when all of this stuff falls apart. That's when the whole, the whole gig is up. But he's, so it's almost he's like pointing a, out. It's almost like like Pat Militish and I were just talking about this. It's almost like in Mary Poppins when like somebody like they, the the kids cause a panic and everybody makes a run on the banks and the banks can't don't have all that money. Yes. Same so what what's happening is like they're they're doing this stimulus so that way people keep borrowing money and they can keep the the that's what remember what I was talking about the zombie companies. So. You get, you get a 0% interest rate, now you can refinance your debt. So now, great example, I was able to refinance my house, I'm able to pay, pay off my vehicle, hey, I'm doing a little bit better than I was before, I have my, my debt's doing a little bit better, my house is, uh, is cheaper than it was, I feel like I'm doing better than I was before. Am I actually doing better? Well, now I've, I've borrowed against my house, my house, they say has, has appreciated, is it actually worth more than it was before? I don't think so. I mean, when you look at like the what's happening in the real world, it's not like there's any more jobs in the world. Like there's actually less people working. Um, the demand for housing is high, 
but the people, like the actual, like the real economy, the actual people buying and selling things, it doesn't actually add up. That's the whole thing. So it's, it's basically, it's all smoke and mirrors is basically the, the, the point he's making. And the, so they're, they're doing all of these, these things by, by pushing down these interest rates, they're pushing all of this, this cheap money into the economy to get people to refinance debt, debt and leverage themselves more because some people, they see that cheap money and they go and they refinance their house. They maybe uh, pay off student loans. They, they do things that are going to make the, like smarter decisions. They, they do things that are going to put themselves in a better position. Some people take that easy money and they uh, buy jet skis and they do like really stupid shit with the money. So, I mean, it, it can go one of two directions. Um, but, and that's, and that's always been the case. So some people, again, they, they buy Bitcoin and they, and the other thing is I just found out you can leverage Bitcoin. That, that that's why I'm like, I started looking into this and I was like, wait a minute, you could leverage Bitcoin the same way they were leveraging mortgage backed securities back in like 2006, 2007. And that's what crashed the economy then. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is getting too big and too crazy. Um, so yeah, I was just seeing like I'm just seeing the writing on the wall here where it's like the bubble is getting so big and so massive and the money that we're talking about because they have this outlet now where all of the money is feeding into these places that they don't have control of. They used to have control of the money when it was all in this controlled system of the dollar. Now it's going into these cryptos and they don't really have control of it there. So you actually might start seeing inflation. And that's the that's the worry because once you start seeing inflation and once you start seeing people buying things that they don't want you to buy, like silver, like gold, things like that, that starts putting pressure on mining stocks. That starts putting pressure on oil stocks. And then that starts scaring the Fed because they have inflation. And then that starts sending well, signals that the economy's like have like if the whole thing starts crumbling. Well, but so basically, the the worst thing that can happen with this, I mean, all this collapsing, is that the value of the dollar just completely decreases. I mean, that's well, what we're it really already talking has. about is is the is the physical the physical value of the like the physical effects of all of this happening, all this horrible shit, like the the central banks and all of it falling apart. Yeah, is going to be the my you know a gallon of gas is going to be you know fucking you know twenty bucks or some shit like worse well, it, to no, worse, it, something crazy. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's already kind of happened. Like uh, a loaf of bread used to cost less than a nickel. Of course, of course, so, it's happened mul multiple times but, in the past. So basically, we're just saying this is going to happen again, and we're yeah, all going to have to get and, used to a new normal or move on to a new form of currency and and, and kind of like like manually. Well, you're you're. I think we're values. not going to be allowed. I don't think we're going to be allowed to have a new currency. I think that's going to be the thing. I think we're gonna. I think everyone's going to be like, well, I'm just going to start using Bitcoin, bro. Like I'm just. You know, because that we're gonna be we're gonna be pushed into the Bitcoin well, thing. Like they're gonna be China, funneling gonna us our, into it. What it's gonna mean is China's gonna run our shit, and we're all gonna be poor as fuck. And uh, well, if you remember Idiocracy, uh, you know, five hundred years in the future or whatever, like the cheap instead of like the cheap, the smallest bill is a one billion dollar bill. That's like the that's equivalent right. of a one dollar, yeah. and it's got like pro yeah. wrestlers on the on the but money. Yeah, you still work for the same wages you work for now. Right, right. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like that, because because you'll have all the same people still looking for jobs. 
Well, before we play There's this no second, uh, before we play the second Harry Dent clip, uh, this is probably that's probably a good lead into the clip you pulled of Goldback currency versus fiat. I think this this is this will be a good. Uh, it keeps time. governments under control. You can maintain a solvent system. Governments don't like gold at present because they're getting away with the fiat currencies and they'll do everything they can to discredit it as an asset class. I mean, my goodness, gold has uh, outperformed the Dow Jones Industrial Average in each of the last seven years, uh, yet it's not considered a legitimate asset class. Why? Again, it's the fear that maybe gold will be imposed on the system, that it will constrain government ability to spend beyond its means. They can't print it. They can't print it, no. <laughs> Can't print gold. Can't print gold. I I, I believe um, in my in my research I've heard the the amount of gold, like bullion gold that's that's around is uh they they can fill two and a half Olympic sized swimming pools. Which when you really think about it, that's not that much gold. No, it's not very much at all. I mean, yeah. what? So, hey, what happens if the government, uh, if we switch to a gold standard and all of a sudden the government stops spending beyond its means or whatever? I mean. Everything, I, everything changes. Um, so, we, we, I mean, we, we almost couldn't just do it overnight. It, to me, it just, you have to change everything because the way that the system is built right now, everything from a hierarchy standpoint the government tells us what to do because the money comes from them. But when you have a gold standard system, it only really makes sense if the people are the government. You, mm -hmm. If you have like, because I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know anybody in the government. No. <laughs> they, they are effectively imposed on us. Um, and that's and that's the whole thing. They, they're, they're like effectively a separate entity that is managing us and uh the, the way the way that a government should work that i think is an ethical way is if you have a government you should be you should join the government it should be a voluntary thing you should basically like oh i want to be a part of this and i want to pay into this system and it would be like a let's say you have a flat tax or something like that but it would like the this whole thing about an income tax all this stuff is nonsense like this is total thievery and chaos is really what what the whole thing comes down to um and and, right. and really this this push for a digital currency is just to make sure they further have complete control of us in that in that in that type of world but if you have like a gold system or something like that you you can control when your money goes somewhere or like if you have a tax to pay or something like that you i mean you can withhold your taxes because they are not giving you the services that you're owed or something like that if you have a problem like if you like for example if you know an election was not uh done appropriately you can just withhold your taxes because your services are not being provided appropriately you know what i mean like that's because that it that's the whole thing it's it, it just changes the entire equation because your money is yours. And and that's, the, right. that's the whole thing about this where right now our currency 
is like this vessel that passes through us that we're just kind of holding on to because it's actually a debt note. If you actually understand what the United States Federal Reserve dollar is, it's actually a, a note of debt. And that's that like the whole thing of having a dollar. It's actually like the not what it used to be, but what it is now. It's actually a note of debt. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas having gold or silver, these things are actual physical items yeah, physical. that are yeah, they're physical. They mean something. Um, it, it it completely changes and inverts the paradigm of what money is, and this is why they suppress the market for these assets. So in a way, it's a good thing because you can buy into these asset classes relatively inexpensively, but you don't see the same appreciation that you do if you buy into silver or gold that you would if you bought into real estate or bought into Bitcoin or something because you don't see the same explosion. I, I just said it the other day. I was talking to somebody on, you know, I think it was Telegram or Twitter or something, and someone's like, bro, gold only went up one point." nine seven percent last year why the fuck would i buy gold bitcoin went up 200 percent. and i'm like because it's stable well it's not just stable it's actual money it's just the the understanding that it's real money whereas bitcoin is just numbers and just like the right the understanding that i and i and the and the reality is the guy that i bought the gold from i kind of scammed him because i bought it with paper that meant nothing Right. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, the only, the only thing that the, the dollar is good for is paying my taxes and paying my mortgage. That That's the stuff the dollar is good for and being able to buy food at the grocery store. But I mean, it doesn't, yeah, it's see, not. And a, that's, no, that's the big deal. See, because I mean, when you talk about like these people, like shit starts collapsing and people going, well, I'm just going to invest in Bitcoin. You can't take your, I mean, maybe this is my weak understanding of Bitcoin and shit, but. It's, you can't take your Bitcoin down to the grocery store and have them, you know, fucking, I mean, you can convert it to a dollar, but how easy is that? Like, well, they're, they're getting ready to fix that, that, that very soon here. I'm, I'm again, I'm going to give you the devil's advocate because I don't want to come, come, come out and just be like this gold truther and, and not give you the alternative argument here because they, they are very close. And I actually think they're, they're I believe right now, BitPay, you can use a MasterCard right now and use stable coins. And, and they'll just, you can swipe your card and have How your money in crypto and they'll, they'll transfer your stuff like live right there. And you can use, you can be in stable coins or whatever coins you want. And you can use a MasterCard and they'll just transfer it right over to dollars. And the person on the other mm-hmm. end of the transaction is none the wiser because they just get dollars. So wow. I believe that's already happening. And Visa is getting, going to be big into this very soon. Um, this is it's going to be a paradigm shift when this happens the the thing is this this whole bitcoin thing I, it's not built money. on nothing yeah it's, it's built it's, on it's nothing it's going to collapse someday like eventually yeah. it's going to collapse and and the whole thing about the crypto thing again it, cryptocurrency is incredible crypto money doesn't exist it's it's not a thing and that's what i think people understand they're 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 speculating on this this idea of like, oh, well, there's this this mythical money that this guy created. It's like, well, what is it that makes it money? It's like, well, that he created it and look at this white paper that was made about it. There's only so many, so that makes it valuable. It's like, well, just because it's scarce, you know, just because something's scarce doesn't make it valuable. Um, right. 
Is there a way that, though that that they could um, or that someone we could make Bitcoin into a I don't know somehow transition it in, into something that has value? Like so the, the the way okay you you just brought up something very interesting because uh, they I've seen them kick around um, they as in you know media people kick around they they might put in the SDR, which is like this uh, this measuring instrument they use for financial assets for uh, for like the global uh, basket right. of commodities. Have you heard of this before? The SDR? Yeah. yeah. So they might add Bitcoin to that, which would make it a thing, effectively. Make it tracked, okay. Yeah, but I mean, at the, in the, at the same time, it's still, does that... It just gives it a little bit more legitimacy, right. but in my mind, it's like again knowing what it's we not know enough to add it, value. You know. yeah. Well, yeah, it, knowing what we know about the Great Reset, knowing what we know about what they just did to us with the with the pandemic fraud, with this the whole mask bullshit, with with this vaccine push, all this stuff that looks like it's for this technocratic uh, dictatorship future. Why would I then go, oh, well, now Bitcoin's money. After all of that nonsense, just buy into that. You know what I mean? Whereas right. the alternative to me, you, the, the, the total counterculture to that is I can buy junk silver. I can grow food in my backyard and I can trade with my neighbors. That's the 100% counterculture right, to that. True. And like... I mean, do you know what junk silver is? Do you, do you have you done any research on that? Uh, not junk silver. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about gold and silver lately, but not junk silver in particular. No. So junk silver is really cool. Um, it's also known as constitutional silver. I uh, at first I heard about it, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't want junk silver. I just want right. the best silver. <laughs> you know what I mean? But junk silver is actually pretty cool because it's technically constitutional silver. Um, it is like ninety percent silver. It's 1964 quarters and before so uh it's also like half dollars and stuff like that you can um okay. you can like look up there's videos about it stuff like that but it all the all the stuff that was made before 1964 was actually 90 percent silver something mm -hmm. happened uh coincided around uh the the murder of jfk they stopped putting silver in the money and then like they did they, they went from like 90 percent and then they they just took it all out of the quarters and then just put it in like 40 percent of the half dollars and then mm. for like five years and then just by 1971 i think they just were like we're just we're not even going to pretend anymore like it's just it's nothing mm. and um i i'm pretty sure that you know effectively they just said like we're we're an economy based on war and that 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 to me is just the idea right. that it, that it went off of it, you know, we were the petrodollar, and that was the that was the hustle. It's, it's kind that of ironic the, that the last uh, half dollars we had that were made with, or the last uh, coins we had that were made with silver was the JFK half dollar. Yeah, it really is. It really <laughs> is. And yeah, uh, uh, I was trying yeah. to find the clip, but yeah, they're saying that all hell's going to break loose, and you're going to need a Bitcoin. Shout out, Pastor Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else we got for clips? Uh, we, we got the Harry Dent part two. Let's do it. There's no way out of this. You can't keep fighting 
reality by just printing more money, something for nothing, and expect it. The way you actually deal with it is you restructure debt, get rid of zombie companies, clear the decks, so the economy has room to grow again, and 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 resources and people can be deployed. It doesn't. None of that happens when the government keeps covering everything over with free money. Banks don't have to write down loans. Oh, zombie companies don't have to fail. So what do they do? They limp along, employing people barely, surviving barely. That's our economy. That's why it's growing at one and a half, 1.6%. Uh, and the baby boomers are in a downward spending trend. And the millennials will not turn up until 2023-24. And that's what's going to the millennials probably won't turn up then, dude. Millennials are broke uh, way more than the well, boomers are. Think think about what he's saying here. Okay. There, the economy is going to uh, completely crash, like crash and burn like 1929. This is just the this is just his prediction. Um, it, it could go the total other direction where it's like roaring 20s too. So just just to right. devil's advocate. But but his his suggestion is that. I th- I think he basically his suggestion here is they're gonna let the bubble pop, and it's gonna be the biggest hardest crash we've ever seen in our lifetimes, and it's gonna be a huge wealth transfer for the people who aren't paying attention to their money. They all have their money in mutual funds. They all have their money in their house. They all have their money in places that they're they're all in debt. They're not. They're all leveraged. They're not paying attention, and what's going to happen is it's just going to blow through like a fucking hurricane, and people are going to get their cars repoed. They're going to get. They're going to lose their houses. They just, if you notice, they just passed that thing where the judge, the judge said that you can get evicted. That just happened. Um, interesting timing on that. It's almost like they know this is coming, and you need to have evictions happen. Otherwise, how are you going to have a new renter? Otherwise, how are you going to get a new person into a house and sell it to somebody else? Well, how do you make you money know, like, as a landlord? That's what I never got about like this this push during the pandemic, which the lock were during the lockdowns, which was we need to put a freeze on rent payments and and not allow evictions. It's like if you're somebody that rents and that's your income, is you buy houses, fix them up, and rent them, you're fucked. So, so this idea yeah. that you they, the the government can just make you not have to or not be able to collect rent was crazy to me so and then if you if you pair this with some of the other stuff that uh has been coming out of the biden administration that they've suggested talking about doing they, they've talked about not a ubi but they've talked about uh three thousand dollars for a family for each child that they have so that's something that would completely change the lifestyle monthly? Of millennial yeah <laughs> wow! Um, per child, that that so, increases that that adds artificial value to a child. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it does. I'm gonna go out and have as many kids as I possibly fucking can now. It's- right. Well, <laughs> okay. And that now now mix this, dude. Let's put our conspiracy hat, hats on for a second. Mix this up with. Okay, so you have the the vaccines, right? They they've been pushing these vaccines like crazy, and these vaccines we all. If you have any kind of conspiracy mind, you probably mm-hmm. believe that these vaccines make make you infertile. Now, if you're a Christian, if you're someone who is not comfortable taking this vaccine, you're saying, oh, not interested. I'm not taking that vaccine. So now 
six, eight months later, this UBI payment comes out, but the UBI isn't for everybody. It's only people with kids. And then it's only people like, let's say it starts only happening with people or you can only have it. You don't, if you only have, so you only can have more kids if you didn't take this vaccine potentially <laughs> like, cause people don't know yet whether or not this makes them infertile, but well, multiple countries have they, multiple countries that have rolled out UBI. One of the caveats is you have to take the vaccine. Like I think it was uh, uh, Scotland. You to get the UBI, you have to take the vaccine, and you're not allowed. You have to agree to not have children. Very right. interesting. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Um, well, and that's and that's so. That's the other thing. Um, they might do something like that. So that to me is them that's where it's like you can just see right through the bullshit with this whole pandemic where it's like this pandemic is not a pandemic and everyone goes it's a control mechanism and and then you go well it's a control mechanism for what and then you go oh it's the bankers trying to control this inflation because and eradicate all the business competition destroy the middle class get rid of anything that's not a big corporation that's already pretty much yeah for sure but 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 hear me out for a second so if you have half the people that you're able to keep happy and pay out these giant payments to but the rest of the people refuse to take this vaccine and don't want your money then they're not getting these payments. So like they don't, the, the, the inflation never happens. The inflation that's coming never comes. You know what I mean? Like this, this uh, explosion that's supposed to happen just never, never happens. So you think but that these the same bankers time, and shit are, ha- are basically concocting these convoluted plans to continue to avoid inflation for as long as fucking possible? Yes. Well, when you talk about world bankers, you always got to give the disclaimer. I love Jews. Uh, So, uh, I don't want to get on a tangent about vaccines, but once you brought it up, I my brain immediately went there. Did you? I think it's the late. Yes, the latest No Agenda. I think it's either the one, the latest or the one before it. Uh, Because I I went in the show notes and actually looked at the all these studies they have dating back like fifteen plus years. mRNA. Uh, injections there's like tons of studies they've used to implant memories and remove memories mainly with snails I, I heard that on uh, on the no agenda episode that's, that's crazy dude yeah I mean, so who like, knows what they're change. doing with that shit to us yeah, well you, I mean uh, to, well, to be honest to so those studies with the snails like snails memories are very basic I mean it's literally like a memory of like on or off or up or down sure like left or right it's it i mean we're talking like and, sure and, but if, if and, they were doing well, that 15 knows, years like, ago with mrna injections why yeah, why right. would they not try to improve that technology i don't know i just well, i feel like i need more info mind, to you know this whole thing is a giant experiment so they're this is them finding out what the fuck they can do right now For sure like the, no one knows about this whole like this 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 a countrywide experiment on what these vaccines can do. So we're going to find out in about Worldwide. three to five years what this whole thing is. Yeah. Uh, I'll finish up this uh, the dent clip. 
Uh, and the baby okay. boomers are in a downward spending trend. And the millennials will not turn up until 2023, 24. And that's what's going to, that's the good news. That's what's going to pull us out of this. If we let the bubble burst, deleverage debt, deleverage financial asset bubbles. That's what we did in 29 to 32. And guess what? We came screaming out of that downer. It was nasty, but we deleveraged a lot of debt and financial bubbles. Right. And that allowed the economy to grow. You can't grow from here. As Glenn Beck said in a, an interview I did with him recently, you know, bull markets don't start from these heights and valuations of bubbles. It's impossible to start a new bull market. Our economists are saying, oh, we're going to have a new bull market with COVID. No way. I say no way. These economists don't understand economics. That's why I stopped taking economics in my third course and studied business instead. This guy reminds me of Peter Schiff. Yeah, but I think his point is fucking spot on. And um, I don't know if they're going to do that. You know what I mean? Like that. That's where it's like, I don't, this could create a great opportunity for everybody who who's just now catching on to this. Like if you don't have any money, if, if you don't, if you have only have currency, this is a great time to get money because if asset prices like gold and silver are suppressed and continue to be suppressed, get it while the getting's good. Because th whenever this reset happens, as you're as we get further into this, you're going to hear that it's going to happen at some point, whether it's in 2021 or 2049, it's going to happen at some point because uh, the Chinese and the Russians already said it's happening. They, they've got their their reserves already already stockpiled. So I mean, it, it's happening at some point. Um, and they know it's money. The, the question is, you know, are you going to be prepared for yourself to make sure that you know that you know it's money as well and you have have something to prepare yourself with it? Um, and, you know, obviously, of, the Fed knows it's money. Outside of gold, silver, guns, and food, land is probably the best thing to invest in, right? Well, so I, I, I've actually kind of gone back and forth about this because I, I like land a lot. But unless you're going to do something with the land, like grow food or have cattle or something like that, keep in mind, a lot of people lost their land during the Great Depression because of uh, property taxes. And oh, yeah. That's, oh, a, yeah. That's, that's a big risk. And um, right. I'm not saying that people shouldn't get land or anything like that. Like, I love land. I think that's a great thing. I, I want to get some land. Um, I have two acres right now. And I want more. I mean, I want, I want more land. You know, it's never enough. But um, yeah, I, I, it's something I think about a lot. Is uh, so something that like okay, let's say we have like a a turning point with this whole communism battle that we're in right now, where let's say the 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 hyperinflation kicks in and everybody turns on Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris and, and realize that they're frauds. Like let's because let's say they're holding back all this voter fraud stuff because they want to like just basically let all this stuff blow up in their fucking face. Hypothetically, just just a, just a thought. So they want let, let's say they want to wait until there's six dollar gas before they bust out the the bombshell stuff. They just want to they just want to like let everything simmer 
and let everybody sit in their house and be like, yeah, everything's fine. Joe Biden's the president. You know, he, he opened the economy back up, whatever. I'll move on. And then they start getting pissed off at their $6 gas and all this, you know, fucking transgender bullshit everywhere. And then one day they just pull out this fucking bombshell stuff. You know, that would obviously get a lot of people's attention. Um, and that would, in my mind, that would like be a, a huge turning point towards a different direction where we would be able to change towards a different regulatory structure, change towards towards a more capitalistic future, less of like basically where we can actually like try to restructure a lot of these things. Um, one of the most interesting things I've ever seen the United States do, and it was actually uh, Lincoln actually did this. Look up. Uh, the Homestead Act of 1862. Alrighty. You just look up the uh, the Book of Truth Wikipedia. Signed into law by President Abraham Lincoln on May 20th, 1862, the Homestead Act encouraged Western migration by providing settlers 160 acres of public land. In exchange, homesteaders paid a small filing fee and were required to complete five years of continuous residence before receiving ownership of the land. So imagine what that would do to all the leveraged, over-leveraged people right now, but what that would also do to the people living in California in RVs that are trying to make a living in Google and all this shit. If you just told them, hey, man, you can just go build a, build yourself a house in the woods in uh that no one lives in because there's if you okay here's another great thing to do just google image public land in the united states and look at all the red like i mean that's just the the one image i saw but look at public how much land public is in like national parks and shit you mean well it's just public land it's it's land owned by the united states i mean cuz if you think about it it's our land what the fuck is it unavailable to us for um, we have housing prices that are through the fucking roof. So clearly, we have a land shortage. I'm confused by some of these maps it's showing. Yeah, but I mean, if, if <laughs> the way everyone keeps talking about, oh, well, they're not going to make more land. Like, yeah, but there is more land. We just aren't allowed to use it. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, talking about making more land. What could, it, like, w w will we hit a point at some point where they make artificial islands for people to live on, like out in the ocean and shit? Well, the seasteading was, uh, that w people were talking about that for a while. And then, dude, have you ever looked at the Terramar project? Terramar? No, I don't know. Terramar. Terramar. Oh, dude, you, you would love looking into this. Uh, I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Wait a Jeffrey minute, Epstein. I do know about... Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I kind of know about yeah. this. Yeah, oh, man. They it, they, uh, they considered themselves, like, uh, part members of a different nation by being part of t the nation of Terramar, and they were part of the nation of, like, the water people or something, mm -hmm. and they were only subject to maritime law or something. It, it was some wacky shit, dude. That's like what, uh, without making land, but... Uh... L. Ron Hubbard was like under maritime law when he was like on the evading like the FBI and the IRS. So he would just like 
he would just captain out out in his yacht out in this big navy well, not a yacht like a big naval ship and l ron hubbard was like out in the they couldn't get him because he was out in the water under maritime law so there's yeah there's so much to that um i'm learning with this whole like sovereignty movement that's going on um if you want to start digging into that a little bit um but you know i, re I really want to get into this william mill uh uh, middle coop interview interview because there's there's a ton of meat there um let's let, let's uh let's hit that up a little bit let's okay uh, let, i'll have to i'll have to pull it up because i that's the one i didn't clip uh that's fine all. we we can just but yeah, uh, we can I, go through uh section by section okay i'll uh I, i'm gonna play just, this just robert, hit the timestamps that i have yeah I, I, while i'm doing that i'll play this robert friedman clip on commodities made nice. a tremendous name for yourselves in commodities so i thought we'd start with that because there's so much talk, people love saying, well, commodities are in a super cycle right now. But you know, you've said not so, it's more than that, it's revolutionary. Let's talk about that. Well, people say a lot of things, you know, and um, we spent a year in lockdown through this pandemic. So it's clearly a once in a century event. It's causing people to rethink their lives, draw up new bucket lists of what they wanna do when they get out of lockdown and how we want to change the world for our kids. It's um, truly a global event. We won't get out of this pandemic until we get everybody out of this pandemic. So, you know, people are looking at a younger generation at really having a very different world. And a big change like this changes which elements in the periodic table, if you could imagine the periodic table behind me, some elements are going to be really big winners and others are going to be real dogs like arf, arf. they're not going to do so well <laughs> arf, arf. that was some green uh, green new deal great reset bullshit wasn't it yeah so what's up with that guy he's a billionaire i don't know anything about robert Friedman. I, I don't know a ton about him either i um i had just heard that interview and I, he was just one of the people i was i was clicking through and i was um i, I had been hearing a lot about about this I, so I've been trying to figure out how to invest in this commodity super cycle because I was um, at first I was following a lot of stocks. I was looking stocks. into the meme stocks to, to originally uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, this is stupid as fuck. Like I'm not following like literally whatever everybody on Reddit's doing. That's that's the dumbest plan ever because. You know, they're just going to sell everything and then all you're doing is making the money that everybody else may, made or didn't make. Like, it's the, it's the dumbest plan ever. I'm like, this is not how you make money. Um, you make money by, you know, doing something profitable. So, uh, I mean, like, you can – not saying you can't make money speculating. It's just, you know, not, not how you make money in the long term. Um, so I was like, let me see what else is going on out there. And then – um. I kept hearing this this term commodity super cycle and there, there was a couple interesting people talking about this commodity super cycle. One of them was uh, this William Middlecoop guy. And then um, I, I started following a lot of this pe the people talking about the silver squeeze um, that was on the 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 Reddit forums, too. But they they're talking about like a different deal. They're talking about people buying physical silver. They're also they're talking about, you know, some stuff in the in the paper uh, markets as well, but they're, they're really pushing people to buy physical silver, which I think you really can't go wrong with, even if it is like, let's say you buy physical silver, as long as you don't buy it with your, 
money that you need to eat with. Um, just think of it as like, yes, it might go down, you know, and, and I think it's very likely that it might go down a little bit in the short term, but in the long run, in two years, three years, five years, it's definitely not going to be a loser by any means. Um, these things are like silver and gold. They're, they're definitely going to be long-term winners. Um, but yeah, so I, I kept following this commodity super cycle thing. And then it was just interesting that like everybody else is talking about like these EV metals, uh, like how nickel is going to do really good. Silver is going to do really good and why they're going to do really good gold, you know, obviously because it's money and also it's used, has these industrial uses. And then this guy comes up and has this like great reset bullshit about how like we're all stuck in our houses and we got to put a better future for our kids. I'm like, what is this? This guy Klaus Schwab or something like, what is this bullshit? Like, what, uh, what is happening here? You build on nothing and you like it. Yeah, basically. That's I, what I was you. like, oh my God. Oh, and uh, just a disclaimer. Nothing said by the guests or hosts on Abs in a Six Pack should be taken as financial, legal, or investing advice. Ever. <laughs> uh, so I meant to I got, say that in the beginning. I got the Willem middle uh, middle coop uh, first section pulled. I'm just playing it straight up the YouTube, so hopefully this works. Very good. Um, yeah, the big reset is a thesis that we need a um, a a reset, a monetary reset. Um, Actually, it's moving international monetary system towards a new phase. We've seen resets in the past. They weren't called resets, but 1944, Bretton Woods, was a reset of the international monetary system. There were two ideas on the table, the American idea to use the dollar as a new world standard, <laughs> as a new gold standard. And there was an idea um, by Keynes, British idea, to start uh, using the Bancor, the Bancor new currency, IMF currency, and the British lost, so became the dollar became the world reserve currency. It's funny you talk about that. that that's that's a reset yeah. that happened in our lifetime. I mean, yeah. In, oh, yeah. But people, if you talk when you talk about stuff like this, you know, a reset of the global monetary system, it's such a big concept for people to get their heads around. Oh yeah, they mostly assume you're crazy. Yeah, right? it's very hard for people to uh, to have the mental flexibility. Correct. To start to begin to understand that you can change a monetary system, because people view a monetary system as something like climate or yes. something given by nature or God. Yes. <laughs> you know, financial system is always created, and we have seen. It. I'm a student. Does this guy know know about Harp? As if we can't change the climate. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> monetary history. And I think um, the best books on economy are, are written by historians, not by economics. So if you study monetary history and financial history, well, you find out that we have, we've had hundreds of monetary resets after each period of hyperinflation, Weimar 1923. Uh, a new money system was created nationally but this time, this is the first time, I think, in world history that we could have a, a real worldwide monetary reset. Because in the past, the Russians in 1944, they were also present at the Bretton Woods conference. But after the decisions were made, they stepped out of the system. And so the communists, they had, they had their own economic system. Yeah. But after the fall of, the, of communism, 
they uh, accepted the dollar system as it is. So now we live in a world in which the whole world is connected in this monetary system. So I think this, this will be the first time we go towards a worldwide monetary reset. To me, the th So this was uh, uploaded 2016. Yeah. He's kind of talking about a great reset. That's interesting. Yeah, but but like he doesn't call it that. But then when you when you pair that with what we know now, and then you see the pandemic that we know is total horseshit, and then mm -hmm. you just like you you start seeing like okay, he he start like he mentions like the the hyperinflation inflation from Weimar Germany. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about that with history, but then you and then you think about um, just just our own history with uh, with the pandemic of 1918. And then there was obviously a period of hyperinflation that followed that. There was the, uh, the, the they called it the Roaring Twenties. So even if we have a stock market crash or a Roaring Twenties, we're, we're going to have some kind of a hyperinflation period that is going to look like a Roaring Twenties following this. Like that that's going to happen in some form because of the the nature of this and then it's going to level out wherever these international bankers decide that's where the dollar belongs in this system because they basically have decided the USA no longer number 1 now it goes here now we don't know where we go but not number one anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's basically what this whole thing is about. That we're we're trying to figure out where we shake out in this whole deal. It's going to be interesting. Oh fuck! Yeah, Probably won't be good, I mean. but it'll be interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, so there you have like a <clears throat> lot of timestamps for this video. Is there like some? I don't I don't know if we have time to get through all of them and still get to the rest of the clips. Um, but there's, you made uh, there's one that's really key um, that I have a note about China if you want to go to that one. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh... Stay in the driver's seat and they will be in the driver's seat when this will be an IMF-controlled reset. Well, I mean, there's another big matzo ball hanging out there, which is, you know, the, the other currency, obviously, is gold, right? That's the other solution. It's not a total solution or it likely won't be the total solution, but it feels to me, common sense tells you that after an era of pure fiat, when it goes wrong, you have to go back some way to sound money. That's why the Chinese have been pushing um, to add gold as a sixth currency to the SDR. So first step was bringing renminbi into the SDR, making renminbi real international reserve currency has been accomplished now. There's a Chinese wish to add gold as a sixth currency. I think there's strong opposition from the yeah. US, a strong opposition yeah. from IMF, but uh, it might be needed at a certain point. And there have some very interesting comments um, made about this in the past. Robert Zulik, he was the president of the World Bank um, in uh, the 2000s, and he wrote a open letter to the Financial Times 2003 proposing using gold and the renminbi um, in a new monetary system. And we've had, uh, we have seen some other comments. Uh, 
I'm in the advisory board of the OMVIV. OMVIV is a London-based think tank on monetary affairs. And our chairman, Lord Desai, he said in a conference, during a conference in Dubai last year, it might be a very good idea to add gold to the SDR. And actually he said, I expect this to happen in the future. So it's not a wild idea that no. gold will come back to but, the monetary but, but you, I mean, what you've done, you had the SDR. So, wow, okay. See, I didn't know anything about China's push to have gold uh, used. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I also have a link on there. Um, obviously, there's no video for it, but there's a link where China is seriously considering uh, doing a gold standard right now. So if you think about that, so China would, they would institute, I think it was a, a gold standard digital currency. So imagine what that would do if we go into a period of hyperinflation and our economy goes to pure shit, right? Mm -hmm. And China gold standards their economy. And now keep in mind, they're, they're still communist. It's not like they're like some uh, capitalist utopia. They're still communist. Um, but they gold standard their money. And then they also have all the industry. So they're also building all the power plants. They're building all of the coal plants. They're building all of the oil refineries. And meanwhile, we're a fucking joke. We're not doing anything. We're sitting here trying to figure out how many masks we should wear. Should we wear two masks or one mask? Or Texas just said you don't have to wear any masks. Or I don't know. What, what, like what, We're sitting here arguing about that stupid shit. And where are we getting the masks from? We're getting them from China. And and then we're, what are we doing? We're, we're over here buying and trading Bitcoin for Magic of the Gathering cards and jerking each other off. Like that. We're not doing anything <laughs> real. Like yeah. we have been completely convinced. We're playing video games. This, yeah, we're completely convinced about in... this fictional economy. And, and the whole thing is because they're trying to reset us with to put us in line with what they think we should be, we, the United States, with the global economic system. So even if we, as individuals, want to work hard and be capitalists and be part of a system that's a growing system and be part of i don't know being industrial if you want to be uh if you want to be building in an oil refinery if you want to be drilling for oil if you want to do those kind of things um in half the country you have a very difficult time doing doing that right now whereas in china that's that's a you know that's no problem but that's because they're trying to boost up China and drop our economy like a fucking rock and make sure that we're buying all of our shit from them. So, and, and obviously that's, that's been happening gradually for years, but it's going to happen like we've never seen before right now. And, uh, and again, what are they buying? What, what is their central bank doing? Their central bank isn't buying Bitcoin. Their central bank just bought 600 tons of gold. If you, I would recommend everybody listen to the, it's going to be in the show notes. I hope that, um, that entire interview, I would recommend everybody listen to that one hour interview. Yeah. That, it, uh, I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. I, I want to watch it and I'm, I'm going to, I'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'll, uh, <clears throat> play another clip or two on here. Um, most, uh, well, yeah, I got another timestamp party lined up. So see what's um, 
And James Rickers has been a participant of uh, economic war games within the Pentagon. Well, he wrote about it, so it's out in the open. Economic hitman. <laughs> and the best uh, explanation for China accumulating all this gold it comes from his late from from his last book, The Death of Money, and he has made very clear that uh, there is some kind of agreement between China and the U.S. in which in which uh, the U.S. accepts that China will build um, gold reserve, um, which are the same compared to the size of their economy, like uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has 8,000 tons of gold. Europe has over 11,000 tons of gold. So China is allowed to accumulate, let's say, six, seven, 8,000 tons of gold. And when China has reached this position, the U.S., Europe and China are on the same level, on a monetary uh, gold level, um, to work together <laughs> towards a, a bigger step in this monetary reset. And it's my idea that gold might be revaluated at some point by central bankers to a much higher level. And by revaluating gold um, towards $4,000 or $8,000 an ounce, you solve quite a lot of problems. Yeah, you, uh, absolutely. But you simultaneously create a whole bunch of problems as well, I mean, that, which is the problem. I mean, that's... But, but, but we know plan A, the current financial system, will end. We can't go on this way. So we need some big changes along the way. And a revaluation of gold has helped central bankers in the past. Yep. Roosevelt did it in the 1930s. But that, that, that was a 20% that was a 20% devaluation of the dollar that, that Roosevelt came up with. Right? We're talking now with dollar valued at $42 on the Fed's balance sheet. We're talking of taking it to four thousand dollars. Well, that's that. That's a whole different. Yeah, but, but the U.S. gold reserves are still um, valued. Hmm. Look at the balance sheet of the Treasury sure. and the Federal Reserve. There's only eleven billion worth of right. gold reserves because it's valued at historical cost price of forty-two dollars yeah. an ounce. If you would revalue gold to four thousand two hundred dollars an ounce, this eleven billion becomes one point one trillion. If you would revalue gold towards $8,400 an ounce, the 11 billion on the balance sheet becomes uh, 2.2 trillion. So it would uh, solve, it, it would really help to uh, restore the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. In another transaction, which you could do in, in the same weekend, um, you could get rid of the 2 trillion. Um, position of U.S. Treasuries on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. Because U.S. Treasury and the Federal Reserve can both agree to just get rid of this position. So by these two quite simple steps, you can uh, recapitalize the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. And since ECB and the People Bank of China um, both have this large gold position, um, they, a revaluation of gold would also help them, although their uh, gold reserves are um, marked, uh, their price marked to market. Yeah. Well, huh. Yeah, I'm going so have to watch this whole thing. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to explain earlier about how once you start seeing what happened then, then in the Great Depression 
And then what they're talking about now uh, with the Great Reset and then like when you see like the World Economic Forum and then you, you see like what their push is and then and then you can kind of see how Trump plays into it and like he has an obvious part to play. He has an obvious role to play as like he's this bad guy that they have as like this this person who is like the 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 guy they the oh he's you know we hate this guy but then they're also going to have him be the guy they push bitcoin on and then that gets all the people that wouldn't use bitcoin to use bitcoin and that's their thing you know what i mean like it's the reverse psychology thing i was talking about i was like this is so fucking complicated like when you start digging into it i'm like oh my god like this is making my head hurt um Trump was also kind of the hype man for for the economy. Like it was, it's like it whether he was successful about it or not. Just like just the rhetoric he used seemed to boost the economy. And and yeah, it's a bubble, but like it was doing pretty well with Trump at the helm. Well, what he did was he was really good at keeping inflation low. Mm -hmm. Like he kept gas prices at two dollars. He kept those kind of things really good, and 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 he did it using American work. So he made sure that it was, you know, the guys in Texas drilling the oil, whereas Joe Biden is uh, trying to regulate things in such a way that it's going to be very expensive to get oil and that we are getting our oil from Iran and Saudi Arabia. So when we have our $6 gallon gas that's coming at some point, it won't even be Americans drilling the oil unless Texas takes steps to basically secede effectively by saying that we're not going to recognize these laws from the federal government. That's the only way that it's going to end up being that they can still drill for oil and, be crazy and support their, their people. I'm all well, here for, I, I'm I here think for that's, them. I think that's what, I think that's the push. They, they want that to happen. You know what I mean? When I say they, I mean the global power brokers. They're trying to create like a civil war type scenario. I mean, if you look at what happened in Hong Kong, they want that in D.C., I think. I think you're going to see that in a year or two. You're going to see protesters in the street, and you're going to see militia members attacking protesters. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just – this is me just predicting the future. I'm not – advocating for this at all i'm just i'm just saying like this this is just what i think the globalists want i think they want yeah, pat, to see when when pat militich was on the other day he said something interesting it was basically like because it sounded like a good thing when he was saying it was like multiple states i think south dakota was one of them have passed legislation according to what he told me to make it, a, it, it you are now it is now a felony to introduce any legislation of for lockdowns or mask mandates they've made it illegal it to do that it is but, a good thing yeah I'm just, I'm, it is a good thing right but he made the point that that's there it's like th- this is going to come down to like that this is uh, lines are being drawn and there's a cold uh cold or hot civil war is being the the stage is being set for that if this continues yeah i mean well and because at some point you know i'm going to be in my state and they're going to tell me uh, hey, you know, you guys 
you're going to need to keep getting tested for work and blah, blah, blah. We got this new variant we're worried about. <laughs> and I'm going to go, you know, Texas has sounded pretty fucking good right now. Yeah. And then I'm going to try to leave Fuck and they're going to have a fucking, they're going to have a quarantine fucking checkpoint or something when I try to leave. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it's going to end up getting to. Did you watch Governor Gnome's, her uh, CPAC speech? The governor of South I didn't. Dakota? I, I, I saw some clips, but I, I didn't see the whole thing. She's great. I really like yeah, her. I like her too. And, and you know what? When I see things like that, I'm always like, I wonder if they're pushing her out now to be like the next, uh, the next thing. But then I'm always like, you know what? Tom Cotton is definitely the Bilderberg uh, 2024 <laughs> pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got, uh, I got the the last. I skipped to the last clip of uh, Willem you had here. Okay. Willem Middle Cup. So I'll, I'll play that, and then we'll get on with the uh, the the other clips I had. Uh, you had. China, I learned that. The Chinese, you know, they're very long-term thinkers. And they have this one special date they're working. Sir, we love China. Towards, and that's 2049. You know why? That's 100 year anniversary of the revolution. So the Chinese always tell me, <laughs> these are all small steps <laughs> towards our broader plan, <laughs> being in control, <laughs> being in charge of the world or having a uh, our own system around 2050. So the Chinese are very long, long-term thinkers and planners in this respect. So yeah, they they plan, you know, 500 years in, uh, ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. And you've heard Agenda 2030. You've heard Agenda 2050. You know, th these oh, things. Yeah. I mean, these things all coincide. And then when you when you understand that he's talking about a global monetary reset, that also this also coincides with the plan for China to take over the world. It's like, oh, well, I want no fucking part of that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but, it was uh, the Club of Rome and uh, the UN and Rockefeller Foundation, all of them. It was like they were into the American century and the rise of China was always, and even Rockefeller Foundation, Operation Lockstep, you know, in 2010, they had a whole document about how a pandemic would be used to get the rise, China's rise to power. Yeah, so so let me uh let me just kind of riff for a minute for like what I think someone can do to protect themselves from this. Um I again, not a financial advisor. This isn't strictly financial advice either. This is just general advice. And you don't have to take my advice by any means. I'm not saying this is like you should do these things. These are great ideas. These are just like things that I think are probably generally good things to do. Um, that are not particularly unsafe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not a bad idea to grow a garden. It's probably not a bad idea to maybe look into raising some animals uh, because food's going to get more expensive. It's probably not a bad idea to have a backup power plan. So that thing that happened in Texas, that was a warning. That was like a warning shot that that can happen other places. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've had this cheap, easy money. A lot of people are using it to do a lot of different things. Maybe they're buying boats. Maybe they're doing all kinds of fun shit. Maybe they're going on vacation. Um, do you have a way to make sure that you have power and a power outage? I mean, I, I don't particularly love a lot of the green energy that's out there, but solar panels, 
if they get you off the grid, and I mean really off the grid, not just like solar panels that are like selling shit back to the grid, but like actually off the grid, that seems pretty cool to me. Um, there's a there, there's a ton of stuff that people can do in that way that like that get your financial dependence on this system down to like almost nothing. And I think that's probably yeah. the best thing that OTG everyone can do. Yeah, that's that's probably the best thing that everybody can do. And then on top of that, if you have like the the least amount of dependence and also the least amount of uh, investments you have. Now, this is this is probably the most controversial idea of of like the money that you have and investments you have that are digital. Like if, if the power goes out. Who the fuck cares how much money you have invested in Apple? It doesn't matter. You know, but if you have junk silver, you can trade that with your neighbor. Mm-hmm. If you have uh yeah, same with junk Bitcoin. Silver, if the power goes out, your Bitcoin's worth yeah, <laughs> Exactly. And even and, and and then even so, even if the power is still on, you can still trade junk silver with your neighbor uh for I don't know, chickens or whatever for rabbits for meat i mean you got to think basic here like we're, we're thinking basic needs because in a lot of ways these people that are organizing the structure of society are coming for the basic needs of of people at this point they're they're coming for your food they're coming for your energy and um i think just just making sure you have those hierarchy of needs and having a backup plan for those things is not crazy. It's not it's not crazy to be a prepper at this point to to have that kind of stuff in check and and I think it is crazy to be speculating in the bitcoin market and that kind of stuff. It's just there's like like after everything we've talked about when you see the difference and really understand the difference between currency and money, you just see no value in it because it's literally just a way to transfer information from one party to another. And do you really want to be tied up in that? You know, that's, that's really the, the way I keep thinking about it. Um, right. Now, again, I, I don't want to give anybody financial advice. That's just, that's just like the way the, the stuff that I've been collecting, that's just what I've come to. And that's how I am looking at it. That's that. And that's the way that I'm, I've been looking at how I'm going to be doing things going forward. So, um, so that's probably the better way to put it. I don't want to give anybody advice on what to do. This is just more or less how I'm going to be doing things. Yeah. Um, I feel it. And also um, I'm just generally also going to be, uh, just, just trying to keep more things in the physical world. Like just, just generally trying to keep less, uh, yeah, just less, less invested in the stock market and less, Less of that, less of that kind of stuff. More stuff invested in the physical world, whether that's ammo or, uh, or silver or gold. You know what I mean? That kind of, that kind of stuff. Storable physical, food. physical items. Yeah, that kind of stuff. This is so important. We have to do this. Uh, we're kind of running low on time, so I'll, I'll power through some of more of these clips. Uh, you had me pull the clip they played on No Agenda from my David Ike interview. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I got. Oh, you oh, follow sorry. this through. You follow this through with all the. 
Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, David Icke was on Alex Jones today, and he actually let Alex Jones, I mean, Alex actually let David Icke talk. I remember, like, the time or two before this, he would barely let him get, Ike get, like, two sentences out before he'd be like, yeah, and, like, interrupt him and cut him off. So I was like, I, that was my goal when I interviewed Ike, is, like, don't be Alex Jones. So, like, just let him talk. <laughs> just let him breathe. <laughs> you follow this through. You follow this through with all the... Um, Freedom of Information Act requests that have been uh, sent out to many and various um, health authorities in different countries asking the simple question, can you um, give us the, the paper that describes how the virus was um, isolated and therefore shown to exist in and of itself? And every single one has come back saying we don't have that information. Uh, I love this. His little unicorn analogy he does here is great. Uh, there's another doctor in America who from early on was saying there is no virus. And it's a man called Dr. Tom uh, Cowan. And uh, he produced a, a, a brilliant article a few weeks ago from a paper published uh, on the CDC website. And it was by 20 virologists and they were um, describing the quote isolation purification as it's called and the biological characteristics of this so-called SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus and um, and 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 the, the process by which they came to these conclusions and what they said was that they had only identified what they claimed they'd identified 37 base pairs of this uh, alleged virus out of the approximately 30,000 that they allege the, the genome of an intact virus contains. And what they did, this is all in this paper, is they took the 37 segments of 30,000 and they put them into a computer program which filled in all the rest. And uh, Cowan um, uh, in this article describes it um, uh, 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 brilliantly when he says that it's the equivalent of this. A group of researchers claim they found a unicorn because they found a piece of a hoof, a hair from a tail and a snippet of a horn. They then add that information into a computer and program it to recreate the unicorn. And then they claim this computer recreation is the real unicorn. But of course, they've never actually seen a unicorn. So it's not possible that they've examined its genetic makeup to compare their samples with the actual unicorn's hair, hooves and horn. The researchers claim they decided which is the real genome of SARS-CoV-2 by consensus, sort of like a vote. Uh, yeah, so then uh, you wanted that to lead into this uh, COVID clip, the COVID announcement. Yeah, you, you'll you make this. Go with that one. Yeah, perfect. In late November, word had already gotten off of the mainland that there was a virus in Wuhan. Six weeks later, the trade truce was signed with an out clause, a very clever out clause that said if there was any kind of act of God pandemic, then they didn't have to make good on what they had committed to buy from the United States. Within days, they announced the first coronavirus. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, when you factor that in, it's like, oh, well, that kind of makes things a little more interesting and then and then you wonder i wonder if uh if you know maybe the trump administration knows this that it's a fake virus and they're just holding it back 
and have been this whole time. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. The most disturbing thing that Trump's was doing and is still doing now is not only taking credit for the warp speed vaccine thing and Moderna and Pfizer and all that, but he's pushing it and saying people need to take it. And that's, I agree. I think it's very disturbing. I, um, I feel like that's a, uh, I wonder if they have like a deal where, uh, he's got to do that for like, cause there's going to be Nuremberg trials. And if you, because if you see Bill Gates has said, uh, you know, if not pressured, the FDA will uh, appropriately, you know, approve anything. And then, you know, they've always got Trump saying, I've, I've pressured him and I made him do it, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like they, they've got this back and forth and then they're going to have it out at some point. And I think it's just going to end up being a moot thing. Is is the idea, um, but I, th- I I think this is going to end up at some point in a Nuremberg trial once the I full so. scope of this. Well, yeah, dude, I hope so too. Bill, I don't know how it can. Well, yeah, hopefully. But Bill, uh, I remember Bill Gates bragging. Uh, we played the clip in our two part Bill Gates episode. Which, by the way, Bill Gates, I formally invited you to come on my podcast. You going to do it, pussy? I tweeted, I, tweeted, I tweeted at Bill Gates to come on my show, and he did not respond because he's a pussy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, in our two-part Bill Gates episode, I don't remember what part it was, we played a clip of Bill Gates bragging at this lecture he was giving about how he's like, Trump wanted to set up a, a safety panel to study the safety of vaccines, and I told him that was a dead end. He was trying to get Robert Kennedy Jr. to head up a safety study and a safety panel. <laughs> I talked him out of that. It was just like, oh, my God. But, yeah, uh so I don't know what to think about. I don't know. Anyways, that's a side tangent that'll take us off in all kinds of things. But but while we're but before we leave, Ike totally. I thought this was the most interesting, one of the most interesting things he said in the interview I did with him about how, and it's kind of a side tangent, but I don't know about how masks are are uh, how they tie in with MK Ultra. I thought this was fascinating. So that there is something about depriving. Um... Uh, the body and particularly the brain of oxygen and uh, I, I did a lot of research from 1996 across the millennium uh, into the years after into mind control mind control techniques and 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 mk ultra of course the infamous one in america and canada and i um i met many 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 people not just in america in britain and other parts of the world that had been through these mind control projects uh and um one of them contacted me uh, a few months ago, when the masks started being made mandatory, to point out that her daughter, um, who had been born in captivity while she was in MK Ultra, and I met her daughter as well, um, was forced to wear a mask from the age of two uh, because of um, a it dehumanized her, uh, b it, um, it 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 took away her sense of individuality, and. The, the, the big one, it deprived the brain in, it, in, in the very years of development when it needs lots of oxygen to, uh, f- uh, to, to develop and, and therefore made the mind control and the manipulation of the brain and the brain pathways easier. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, I, um, I'm not surprised at all. And, and I mean, I, I've honestly, this, this whole time, as soon as they started targeting the kids, I was just disgusted. And 
And I mean, I, I you know, I, the whole time I could just see the naked politicization of this thing. And then they were like, and now we want to start seeing kids wear these masks. And I'm like, this is this is so gross to me. And they, they you know, they, they've got them in the daycares wearing these things. They got them in schools. And and it's just all bullshit. And, and, and you know, that they've 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 never come out and said like or they've they've come out many times and said like that the, the kids are not a risk for transmitting this thing it, it, it's just nonsense and again we're not even sure if this thing even fucking exists i don't know yeah I, like i said I, I i'm at this point i think this entire thing is uh concocted so that way they can manipulate the economy and uh set us up for this uh this monetary correction that they're they're trying to do which which i mean if you look at it it seems pretty clear to me you have the great reset um so we got uh we got a handful of clips left uh but maybe i should just quit and shut the show down <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was um i'm not gonna do a show anymore uh <laughs> so uh yeah, you want to go with Max Kaiser? Uh no, we can skip him. Um, we we kind of talk, we we kind of beat the Bitcoin thing up. I I think if anything, we need to get into this Q stuff because that's where we really can. Uh, I think we can really shine. There's a there's a ton of meat there. Um, so there's a, I think, once people start this, so I think the reason for this whole Q thing, and the big because I think the Q thing exists to get people who would never otherwise get into Bitcoin to get into Bitcoin. And, um, well, hang on. I don't want to, but, but can we backtrack for a second? Because sure. Uh, I don't want to skip past this clip that you sent me because this is something we haven't played on this show before. And I think people need to hear it unless you're coming up on this later, but the, the where's Hunter clip, the Hunter Biden. Oh, sure. Call. Yeah. Because that kind of ties into the China stuff we were talking about. So I, I, I definitely want to play this because I don't think we've played this on the show before. Yeah, sure. I get calls from my father to tell me. This this was supposedly came from Hunter's laptop, right? Is where this, or how did this get leaked? Um, I don't think it did come from his laptop. This was, um, this was like an intercepted call or, or and you know what? This actually might have been introduced as evidence in like a, in court or something like that, to be honest. Like, well, I don't what's weird is it doesn't one. sound like a, uh, phone call it sounds like he was being recorded in the room or maybe it was a skype call this th i think this might have been like in court to be honest I, I i don't know the exact circumstances of it but you can look up um but it's definitely him. there's no link. denying that it was actually hunter uh, yeah it's it yeah. sounds just like it. you can look up the uh the court thing and, and the national pulse has it if you look up the national pulse uh, just look this up on DuckDuckGo or uh or q want just don't look on google because that's a road to nowhere but um but search <laughs> right. Um, Hunter Biden, 322 billion, uh, national pulse, and it should come right up. All right. I'll, uh, I'm gonna play this clip while I'm doing that. Cool. I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the fucking spy chief 
of Tyler, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be, build the fucking largest fucking LNG port in the world. And I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York, from the U.S. Attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me. In a criminal case, and my father, without telling me. And your father. Yeah, uh, you, have you heard the leaked, the other leaked phone call from uh, Hunter Biden? Uh, possibly. I, there was this. This came out in the fall. So I mean, I would, you know, there was a bunch of Hunter Biden stuff that came out around this the election. This is the and, this the, the clip I'm about to play is the leaked Hunter Biden call from that got leaked yesterday. Oh, okay. Then no, I haven't. I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Charlie Sheen. That was not Hunter Biden. It was Charlie <laughs> Sheen talking about smoking crack. Uh, okay, so okay, yeah. So getting back into the Q uh, thing, uh, I'm excited for this because we we haven't well, talked I, I gotta, since like now that right you played, after the six. Now that you play that, sorry, now that you play that Hunter Biden thing, I got I got to double back for a second because there's a yeah. reason why I wanted you. Well, to let me play circle that. back on um, Jim Pasaki. Um, so the reason why that I wanted you to play that Hunter Biden thing, the spy chief that he's talking about, mm. um, that because he he talks about the richest guy in China, but he also talks about the spy chief in China, the the intel guy. That that guy, apparently, if you do any research into that guy, you'll find out that he's like heavily, heavily invested into facial recognition technology. Yep. And apparently they can even do facial recognition on people that are just wearing that are wearing masks. They can just do it on your eyes. That that's how that's how detailed they have. Yeah, I think shit. the masks mandates were to so they could finally test out that software. Partly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, you know, Agenda 21, uh, it's a pandemic exercise. They're testing to find out, like, oh, we can see once they want to see if, the, if, if people ever try to have an uprising, they'll know about it. Like, once people start covering their faces and stuff like that, they, they like, all of this stuff is, like, It'll never happen. It's completely squashed now. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so so yeah, it's like he he's got this tie with the uh, with the spy chief of China and all this stuff. So, and who's like deep into the facial recognition technology? Well, if you look at Bitcoin and then the fact that you can only use it in America if you use the KYC, which is the Know Your Customer technology. Well, that takes away all the fun. If you want to, if I want to trade with you as my neighbor, and let's say uh, you grow uh, or you raise cattle and you want to sell me a quarter cow and I want to buy that from you and I want to trade you in Bitcoin instead of dollars. Well, if we have to use KYC, that's not a fun transaction anymore. Now I have to basically have a deal between me, you, and the spy chief of China. Um, that's well, bullshit to me. How did it work with the Silk Road? Because that was always the thing with back, with, which, by the way, free Ross Ulbricht. 
But that was the thing with the Silk Road was like um, the, the, people were paying Bitcoin to like buy all drugs and prostitutes and stuff, and it was not traceable. So can't you still do sure. that? Sure. Well, I think they did. I think they had that as like this thing to get people to buy into the idea that like it's Bitcoin is like digital cash when it's not. It's it's locked the fuck down because it's on phones and phones are locked the fuck down. And um, that's where that's where the problem is. So. But if it doesn't it, have to it, be. It can be on a computer with a running through a VPN on a Tor browser. Potentially, yeah, you you can, and and you could have a phone that is using uh, what's that uh, operating system? Um, you can install it on Android, Linux, from, or um, something. No, not Linux. It's uh, I've I've actually heard them talking about it on on No Agenda. That's why I thought you might know it. Oh, the um, No Agenda phone. What is that? They they have that guy doing noagendaphone.com. Uh, uh, I it's I like, can't remember. It's like it's only on a certain types of androids. I uh, I I installed it myself and then I was immediately regretted it. But um, it's like so locked down. But the but it, I mean it's a cool concept. But anyway, so but basically like you you can do things. But basically. The way I'm looking at it is I, I think that they're basically they're trying to funnel people into this system that you think you're getting out of this really restrictive, uh, not private system. And then you're really being funneled right back into it with this with this whole Bitcoin thing. Yeah. And that's what the whole point of the KYC is. It's like, well, you really can't get out of this. Like, you're not going to like we we have to be like, basically. OK, great example. Bit bit pay. So when when I buy precious metals from uh, I use SD bullion. If you if you do want to buy silver or gold, I would recommend checking them out for pricing because I found they're quite a bit cheaper than everybody else. Um, so when you use um, Bitcoin to buy precious metals, it's actually like a, a hair cheaper than if you buy them on a credit card. Now you can use like a check or something, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to use a check. So it's actually it's not that bad to use Bitcoin and you've heard me rag on Bitcoin as a money, but it's not that bad as currency. So you can buy Bitcoin and then just immediately send it to the uh, precious metal dealer. And it's kind of like not that bad of a deal. But um, the other problem is there's there's fees involved in that. So you have to hold the Bitcoin to make it worth anything. And then you're in the market speculating again. So Sometimes it is better just to use the credit. So if if you're in Bitcoin already, then maybe use the Bitcoin. If not, then just you know, there there's like teach their own. Anyway, so kind of lost my train of thought there. But if you're, uh, oh yeah, BitPay. So when you're buying something, you use BitPay. The whole benefit of Bitcoin is it's like cash. So I can give you just the amount of money that I want and nothing more. If I give you my credit card number and, or like, let's say I give, um, if I'm buying food from Pat's Pizza down the road and I give my credit card number, I have to give them my expiration date, I have to give them my security code. They have the access to my entire account and I'm basically just like, thank you so much for only taking $40 effectively because they have everything. And that's the same thing when you use this BitPay system, um, 
they go into your account and you're like, thank you so much for only taking, you know, whatever, however much the silver was and leaving and not stealing the rest. Now, again, SD, Bo SD Boolean's a reputable company. You have to worry about them doing anything like that. But it's it takes away all of the reason for having Bitcoin. And the reason they do that is they want to funnel people into these systems that have KYC, like BitPay, like Coinbase. And these are all companies that are about to IPO. Okay. So, if I, well, never mind. Stupid question. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was just I just noticed I the scam and I was like, oh, like they're just all this is it's more data. It's more data harvesting. They want your face. They want your they want to know what you bought. They want to know when you bought it, you know, and then like, let's say because, you know, again, evictions are allowed, all this kind of stuff. Well, they, they know if you borrowed money on your house, they're going to know if you then bought a whole bunch of precious metals and then they can try to get those from you potentially you know oh i i like money so i mean the, 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 these things are these things are coming to some degree if people are not smart with how they buy things and smart with what they do with their money coming up with with how they handle their debt because a lot of this stuff we're in a debt-based system whether it's i mean that just our dollars alone are debt to begin with and then on top of that we have double debt with mortgages and everything else. Um, yeah, and then I like the whole money, crypto, um, the the BlockFi system. If you if you've even looked into that, they're trying to create a whole different system where you borrow against your Bitcoin and get new debt based off of your Bitcoin. So borrowing against it is that that's not the same thing as like shorting, is it? What's what do you mean? No, borrow but that's against? that's another thing that you can actually do as well. There's uh, margex.com, m-a-r-g-e-x.com. So Put borrowing against Bitcoin is like mortgaging your Bitcoin. Yes. Okay. Now imagine what's going to happen when Bitcoin goes to zero, and people are are blockifying their Bitcoin. <laughs> God, man, I'm too stupid to understand economics. I just know like Fed bad, gold good. Yeah, and, and you should. I mean, that's that's it's as simple as it gets, um, because you know gold can never go to zero, where all this other stuff will. It's not a, it's not a, it's not if but when. Fuck it. All right. Um, okay, yeah, so, so you so you uh, we skip Max Kaiser, but. Uh, you had a clip of red ban on sovereign citizens. Does this tie into um, what you were talking about with like Q? Yes. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hit this up. Okay. I, and uh, I talked about this with Jan Irvin last episode, but yeah, I've uh, I've hung out with Red Band, and that dude's a moron. But he's a, <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, but he's a moron. Here, like, what are you guys doing? This isn't the park. Like, go to the park. You know what's worse? Sovereign citizens. What is that? There's people that don't drive, they travel, and they don't follow the rules. And they, they like if you watch Live PD, they have 
one every episode, two every episode. It's, they'll get pulled over and it's like, they won't even roll down the window and they're like, I don't have to follow your rules, sir. I am, you know, they never have driver's license or insurance. What? They, it's, it, it's like people that don't think taxes apply to them. But, they but, don't think the law applies to them. But that's grown, grown so big recently that it's so many people now that do this shit. And it's the most grossest, like, uh, if you watch on Live PD, you'll, you'll. What is Live PD? Okay, so two things about this. First of all, uh, like I understand what Red Band's saying here because it's like, well, I, I don't think Red Band believes that they have a legal precedent, but I think like, yeah, you could prove all day that like, kind of like if you, you know, what it, it's like, it doesn't matter. You can pull out your pocket constitution and yada, 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 and you can be totally right. But at the end of the day, they're still not going to like, it's like, you can't really do shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah you might, you, you might, their income tax might be illegal, but has there ever been an example of someone pulling this sovereign citizen shit or pulling this income taxes on constitutional shit and it, and it worked for them? I've not, I'm um, unaware. If it has. No, I think there's, um, there's, there's varying degrees to it working. There's also varying degrees to these people being labeled as terrorists and, uh, and getting in, in firefights with police officers too. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say like this is like definitely something that people should do or not do. But like, I mean, if we all did, if everybody collectively did it, it would work. But oh yeah, like it. Don't be wrong. If everybody did this tomorrow, the world would change. In a, because yeah. every, because everyone would realize, and like, let's say everybody except the people who work for the government in your state just like realized that they don't have to be part of the state of whatever, like the state of Kentucky or the state right. of Tennessee or whatever, because that's the thing that it, the whole crux of it is that you are automatically forced into whatever state system you're in. And the idea would be like, it, it's effectively slavery by forcing someone to be part of a system and forcing them to pay for it that they well, we don't have we don't have state income tax here in tennessee right but, um, tennessee and i've been doing this for a long time but you have property taxes yeah yeah we do yeah that's that's ridiculous well how, how could you have property taxes I, property taxes um, are such bullshit yeah um I'm, the only taxes i think could be justified are if you have a business that uh does business across state lines then you could have like a flat tax that you are having the tax cover the uh legal infrastructure that has to like do any kind of like courts and lawyers and stuff like that for the interstate commerce that's involved in that and and making sure that there's any kind of legal protection or any of that kind of stuff that has to go on to make that interstate commerce possible. That's, that is what the purpose of those taxes were for to begin with. Um, when people were just locally trading and buying and selling things, taxes were not even a thing. It was just something that crept into the system and then we became a kleptocracy and that's where we are now. So that it's like once once people wake up to that, 
it, it completely reverses the system that we're in today. But um, it's it's unfortunate that I, I I it's just a matter of like like I don't think this is something that people can just do safely because that's the thing that I think is unfortunate that I don't think it is like a safe thing to do. There's a lot of things that were like huge red flags to me when I was reading into this. I uh, I really liked a lot of the things they were saying from a moral and ethical standpoint. And then there was a lot of weird shit that I saw. Uh, for example, this Russell J. Gould character. Uh, do, you have, do you have that clip pulled up? Yeah, and I, I got the newsy one too. Um, if you want to, okay, I don't play know the Russell order. J. Gould one first. Okay, uh, and real quick before I play that, uh, Dean, our buddy Dean Reiner of Up Is Down podcast, he did uh, a two-part episode. I don't remember the numbers, but it was called "It's All a Trick" Part One and Two, and it was a long chat with this dude named Clint Richardson, and it was all about this. Like, uh, it was like four or five hours altogether, and they talked all about um like how your your birth certificate and your social security card and all or your number all that it's like basically you're in a you're entered into a contract at birth uh it's it's it was pretty wild and he he, he it's it's all along the lines of this type of shit so I'd, i'll put that in the show notes that uh up is down podcast that dean did with clint richardson because it, it's it's all about this um it's I don't know. It's it sounds good, like you said, but like it, and it, and even if there is a legal president, it's like how do you you're kind of throwing your life away if you you know actually do go through with shredding your birth certificate and social security, or like you're really fucking your kid over if you you know have, have there was an in an old NPR uh, interview they did with a couple people that were raised out in the boonies by people that never registered their birth and they can't get jobs because they were never assigned a social security number or anything. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, that stuff like that. I always wonder if that's just like a CIA psyop to scare people from doing this stuff. Like dude, the Amish people have been like fucking living their way that they've been living forever. Like, the, well, yeah, like but we they don't have to get, this... they don't have to get the job. There are, they're all self-sustained. Well, yeah, yeah but, Maybe that's the problem. Like, why aren't we self-sustained? Yeah, you're right. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I think we we've got this whole thing backwards. Like, why are we dependent on this system? Why are we dependent on this grid? And I think that's the thing that we've got completely backwards. Um, that's a good point. The grid dependency, and that, that that comes back to what I was talking about earlier. Is like we're completely dependent on this grid, and we need this, or we're dead. And like we've got no connection to the earth no connection to growing our own food um if acme shuts down we're fucked and that's that's crazy you know what i mean yeah. like and and, yeah. and it's just proven to us like that every grocery store we go to you have to wear a mask well that's because we don't know any farmers and how is it that we don't know any farmers? I don't know what I don't know where you're at, but man, nobody wears masks. Well, not nobody, but like it, half the not even half the people wear masks in the grocery store around here. That's great, but um, I I live in fucking Commieville. It's crazy <laughs> up here, dude. I'm serious, man. I might as well live in fucking New York City because it's, oh, it's well, like yeah. masks central. Yeah, there's still a lot of masks, but I mean, it, even at my job, I don't have to wear one, or at least at one of my jobs, I have two jobs. The other one, I do have to wear it at work, but 
I, uh, I, I have a pretty nice setup where I'm, where I'm working, but like, I mean, it's a rule. I'm supposed to wear it, but uh, I mean, I, I don't, but, uh, it's, it's just one of those things like, and, that, and that's, and that's where we are now. It's just like, we're, we've got rules that it's like, everyone knows you don't have to follow them. It's like, we're in this weird place where it's like, that's, that's communism. Like we, we, we're in Cuba and that's like, that's where we, it's getting ready to be a thing where like, we're not going to make cars anymore and we're only going to have the cars we have here. The only new cars are going to be the electric bullshit ones that we don't want anymore. And if we want parts, we're going to have to make our own machine shops and make new parts like they do in Cuba. Like that's what, that's what's coming. Yeah. And, uh, that's what socialism is. That's what communism is. And it's like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's as clear as day at this point. This is the future. Unless, I don't know. I, I, there's no unless at this point. This is it. We're here. To me, it's like, we, it's not looking good, but I think there's still like, it, we're, we haven't reached a point where it's irreversible yet. I don't think. Well, that's the thing that, the, I think that's why it's irreversible because they will make sure that nothing is ever, ever like that rubber band breaking moment that everyone sees like, we can't allow this to go on. Yeah. We can't allow. But at the uh, same time, what's the, what's the phrase? If the situation was hopeless, their propaganda would be unnecessary. Like they wouldn't have to be censoring people if they had already won, you know? But no, no, that I, I don't buy that because that they have to do that for the divide and conquer for the civil war. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that has a different agenda. I am a high-priced Washington lobbyist peddling influence. Who wants candy? <laughs> like that, that, that to me, they need their civil war. They need their World War Three. Whatever, whatever. However, that looks to them, that they need that, and the censorship plays into that significantly. What's so civil about war anyway? <laughs> uh, okay, so you want? Do you want to set up this uh, Russell J. Gold clip? So I, um, okay. I will say this. If this guy is the real deal, I will take back everything I say. But right now this dude looks like a cult leader. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I just laugh. Like I, cause I watch it and at first, I was like, oh, man, this is interesting. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is all this sovereign citizen stuff based on this guy? Because when I start looking at it, this apparent, this guy apparently goes back to, like, 99. And if you look at a lot of the sovereign citizen stuff, it goes back to, like, around that time. Yeah. And I think this this guy might be, might be the root of a lot of this stuff. Do you and, think he's, um, like, an operative, like an intel guy or? Well, it makes me wonder if he is. And then, and then it got really weird because he claims that he is the, what did he call himself? The postmaster general of the United States. Yeah. 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 I, I watched a little bit more than this of just the, cause I, you had me just pull the introduction clip to him, but I ended yeah. up watching about like 10 minutes. I, cause I, I had to work. 
It was in between yeah. jobs. I did all this, but I, I, I'm going to have to like do a deep dive on this guy. Cause like I said, that Clint Richardson interview that Dean Reiner did with him is yeah. really good. I'm going to have to send you that. And then uh, there's another, the, the two people that were in Libya and exposed the whole like Benghazi thing. And then they got dragged into the Mueller investigation and like they've had assassination attempts on their life and stuff. Um, Dean had both of them on that husband and wife. And that is probably the best podcast I've heard in the last year or two. I'm happy to see you that one too. But yeah, Dean's been wow. killing it. Um, That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll send, I'll send you all that and I'll put the, uh, I'll put them in the show notes too. But uh, okay. Yeah. Russell, Russell J gold. Here's the intro. In 1999, the United States was quietly being taken over by Great Britain. A vigilant patriot named Russell J. Gould recognized the threat, and in a series of strategic moves, he saved us from foreign invasion. See, this is already, I'm like, Great Britain? Really? Well, I buy that. I really do, because I think we do really have um, some, if you look historically, we really do have some foreign entanglements with, with uh with London and shit like that. It makes a lot of sense. I'm, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not like out on that part. That doesn't, that doesn't su surprise me at all. But, um, it's just the fact that this one guy and then like, okay, the fact that you can't verify his fucking name anywhere on all the shit that he says he's got. He swears that he's like the fucking head of the Navy and the head of like the fucking Marines and everything else. And then you just go to any website and he's not. <laughs> it's okay well what are you talking about bro maybe like, they, they i mean it has just play devil's advocate it has definitely happened in the past where people have had like high credentials and then they've been just been wiped from the record well okay he claims that like he's he's got the title four flag of the united states and uh or some crazy shit like that or and then um registered with the un and I'm like, okay, so where does it say that at the UN? And I'm like trying to research it. It doesn't say, I, I don't see it anywhere. Like you look at the <laughs> UN, there's nothing that says UN and Russell J. Gould, nothing. I can't find anything that says that. And then I'm like, okay, well, so is this even real? Like, what, what are we talking about? And then it's like, okay, well, if this is all top secret, if it's all like, whenever this guy, and then, then I, I see people talking about this guy and they go, when our guy comes out of hiding and I go, oh. Okay, I see what this is. And I'm like, okay, look, whenever your guy comes out of hiding, you let me know. Because uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be right there with you when he does. <laughs> until, right. then, <laughs> Kick ass. until then uh, until then I'm in hiding too, okay? Because <laughs> I'm not sitting here. I'm not gonna go follow this fucking dude to wherever he's taken us and then um at, at some point he claims that he's you know the the postmaster general of the united states and then he also claimed that he's either got some relationship with or that he is the postmaster general of the no i i, I, what, I lost FedEx? the note on this no 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 the, the <laughs> universal post office or the universal postal union the universal postal service the ups no, it's the Universal Postal Union. You look that up. Universal Postal Union. See if that's real. Universal Postal Union. I want to make sure I'm, I'm wording that right. All right. Let me It's uh. Let me give it a Google. Uh, yeah. Let me give it a Google here real quick. Why do you keep trying to read that word? You a fag. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is when I got. This is when I got the, the tie to the Q Project and Bill and Melinda Gates. Ooh. Universal Postal Union. UPU. 
United Nations Specialized Agency in Postal Sectors Primary Forum for International Cooperation. What? So it doesn't even have anything to do with mail? Well, it it does in some way. Um, yeah, if you look at it, and then if you look at the sponsors of it, it's Visa, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and some other, you know, globalist hacks. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy claims that he's like the the postmaster general of this organization. And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is a sponsor of it. And it's a UN shitbag thing. And I'm like, okay, wh what is going on here? And then, and then I'm like looking at what this guy's into. The reason I found this guy to begin with is because of uh, Anna Reitz, who is the, uh, the, the head of the Assembly of States, and which is tied into the, uh, the sovereign citizen movement. And let's let's talk about how these people are, are often labeled as terrorists, uh, which I think is is wrong to do, uh, to, to be fair. I don't think these people are terrorists at all. I think these people are uh, morally and ethically correct. But I think legally they get put into a quagmire because the world is a fucked up place. But um, let, let's play that newsy clip real quick. I think this is a great time to play that. Some extreme right-wing groups are immediately recognizable. Klansmen in hoods, neo-Nazis giving a Heil Hitler salute. But there's a hodgepodge of factions and individuals far less visible, but reportedly growing. They're called sovereign citizens. They're not just men keeping to themselves in the woods. Some members have carried out murders, attacks on police, forging passports and money. Getting a fix on how many sovereign citizens there are is slippery. The Anti-Defamation League has put the number at tens of thousands. Southern Poverty Law Center, they estimate 300,000. Both groups predict growth is likely. Even knowing what to call them is challenging. In addition to sovereign citizens or sovereigns, followers go by constitutionalist, freemen, state citizens, the root of their doctrine can also be hard to define because there's no one central document outlining all their beliefs. A number of variations exist, but the central theme goes something like this. A corporation surreptitiously took over the federal government. The corporation went bankrupt and turned to international bankers for help. The bankers needed collateral, and the corporation put up the people of the United States. The implication is that your birth certificate and social security card, they are not just official documents, they're contracts that enslave you. Sovereigns often rip them up, throw them away. Here is a slightly different version of all this. The government established by the founding fathers had a legal system the sovereigns call common law. However, at some point, the original system was replaced with admiralty law. That's the law of sea and international commerce. Under the original system, sovereigns were free. Under the new plan, they're slaves, unless they rebel. The FBI explains sovereign citizens are anti-government extremists who believe that even though they physically reside in this country, they are separate or sovereign from the United States. As a result, they believe they don't have to answer to any government authority, including courts, taxing entities, motor vehicle departments, or law enforcement. The sovereign citizens movement can be traced all the way back to an anti-Semitic group from the 1970s and 80s. No, it's Midwest. always the anti-Semites, dude. Many of them, including <laughs> black followers, seem unaware of those origins. A propensity for violence among some members also concerns law enforcement. Some incidents include, in 2010, a father and son who were sovereign citizens 
gunned down two police officers on Interstate 40 near West Memphis, Arkansas. In 2012, self-described sovereigns ambushed and shot dead two sheriff's deputies in St. John the Baptist Parish in Louisiana. In 2016, an ex-Marine who had become a sovereign citizen killed three law officers in Baton Rouge. Those are fairly recent examples, but there's one that goes back to 1995, worth noting. Terry Nichols, who collaborated with Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma City bombing, claimed Bill he Clinton was a sovereign also citizen. Was this once-obscure group seems to be attracting new followers, and as they move into the national security spotlight, their effect on America's future is still a lingering question. Cool newsy. Now why don't you report on all the sovereign citizens that didn't kill anybody? I think it's interesting that he said so-and-so who became a sovereign, sovereign citizen. It's like, so you admit they can become a sovereign citizen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the FBI calls them sovereign. Yeah, exactly. The FBI calls them sovereign citizens as if it's derogatory too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because well, I mean, they look at it. Okay. If, if they are correct and it's like, I, I think I think the sovereign citizens are reading this correctly. They, I think they they have a correct understanding of the law, and I think they are basically looking at the federal government like they are an occupying force, because the idea would be that they are working for the crown of England. the uh, The ten mile strip of Washington D.C. is uh, foreign country effectively it's it's foreign territory um if you look at the history of of what it is it's a it's a corporation it's not the that land mass is not the land mass of the united states anymore it has been sold over to overseas power that's that that's the claim that they make so i think there's a lot of really interesting interesting points about the sovereign citizen movement i'm not saying that there's anything... It makes sense to me. I just don't think it's going to hold up in a court of law if you try to really go with that. Well, the whole thing about the court of law is they basically tell you don't go because you don't have to. They, they tell you that, okay, because I've talked to these people. Like, Anyone I, who I'm, ever gets a drug charge would love this to be true, that you don't have <laughs> to show up to court, you don't have to pay a fine, you don't go to jail, you still collect well, your $200. But this is like it's, it's, it's not exactly like that. It's just it's it's the uh, it's the idea that so police are not doing their job to begin with because their job and role, if you know the history of police, it is to protect the post office uh, roads and the railroads. So that is the actual scope of the police work that is what i have been told by people in the sovereign citizen uh state citizen movement so that to me is interesting i'm not saying that this is true i'm not saying this is just what i've heard so when i factor that in it's like huh well that that really kind of puts things into context because if that's true that would make a lot of sense because that would explain why police officers have uh qualified immunity because that why wouldn't they have qualified immunity? Because every time they go to a domestic dispute, they're acting as a peacekeeping officer when their job is to be making sure that the roads are safe for postal workers and the railroads are, are you know, operating. 
properly. You know what I mean? Like that, like this is completely outside of their scope, but, and that's because they're corporate police officers. They're, they're working for the corporation to making, to make sure that they can, that if people press charges in the corporation against each other, that the police officers can make arrests and anything that happens within the corporation, but people who aren't within the corporation for the post office or for the railroads, the police have nothing to do with it is the idea that the, the sovereign citizens say. So that that's the whole concept. It's like, once you understand the legal framework behind it and you like take that step back, that's where like you start seeing why the police officers have potentially why the police officers have this qualified immunity to begin with and why people have been trying to strip them away from it and what that might mean, then it's like, oh, okay. Why might people be talking about martial law? Because martial law is different than admiralty law or, uh, excuse me, admiralty law rather than martial law. Uh, Admiralty law versus maritime law. Admiralty law um, is, is different than this system that we're in right now, maritime law. Maritime law is governed by the UN, where admiralty law is governed by like the military and uh, landmass. So that's, again, I, I'm, this is me getting this from the sovereign citizen and state citizen movement. So I'm, this is just what they say. I'm not saying this is what I'm saying. So I haven't done... I've done, I've done research into this, but I'm not saying that I've, I'm like fully bought in on this or like completely understand this. I don't understand it completely, but from my understanding of the whole sovereign citizen thing is like, yes, it's technically correct, but it's technically correct in the same way that you have a fourth amendment, right? And they're not allowed to spy on your phone calls. Like the NSA can't read your calls. It's like, yeah, but you good luck like stopping it. You know, it's like, you might have the legal technicalities on your side but it's like the system is against you either way right well i that's where i think i i I think there's like a two-prong approach here you have to you have to if like if you do this like i think you can do this this is just my thought i think you can do this and i think you just have to also remove yourself from the system too like you can't just like continue living your life as you are right now, completely dependent on this system and right. uh, say, I'm a sovereign citizen. Like at some point they're going to cut your power off. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be like, well, fuck this guy who claims to be a, a sovereign citizen isn't paying property taxes. Even though he's paying his power bill, we're just going to cut his power off because he isn't paying property taxes. You know what I mean? That that's what I think would happen. Even if like even if you had the legal standing, Shit, it could get worse say, than that. They could do, dude. They could. I've CPS will drag your kids away for way less than that. Well, that's the thing. They CPS state citizen does not have the right to come into your house or onto your property. You can press charges against them. Um, from what I understand, it things completely flip around when you have state citizenship you have no rights as a u.s citizen this is this is what they say because when you when you're registered 
as a state citizen, a citizen of a state, you have all the state protections that are granted to you in the state constitution. Um, if you look up, there's a ton of legal protections and legal filings that say that basically uh, a, a U.S. citizen means almost nothing. It's it's a, it's actually a, a government employee. If you if you read into the the legal framework behind what a U.S. citizen is, and I've, I've actually read into the, a few of the uh, the Supreme Court arguments because I've I've watched a couple of these YouTube videos that people have made about this on how to become a state citizen and how to become an what they do is they call it American national or a state citizen, whatever it is. They they have these passports. Now this this person on this YouTube called for, said something about forging passports. This is a, apparently a legitimate process because they you can do this through the State Department. They're not forging anything, and um, it, it's also the idea like you, they ask you, "Are you a U.S. citizen?" Yes or no. Well, if you say no, you're answering, "No, I'm not a U.S. citizen," and you you're saying no because you never have been, because. Whether or not, because you, you're saying I've been a citizen of the state of whatever state you were born in your entire life, which makes you an American national and you can be in any state that you want. Like, like you could be like, let's, let's say you were born in Tennessee, but you could live in Kentucky, like because you're an American national. You can be anywhere. Um, I'm from Tennessee and I've been doing this for a long time. Damn, you're quick on that one. <laughs> but not as quick as but I yes. <laughs> so so like so you, you even though you have these uh restrictions as far as like what state you're a citizen of you're still an american national but it doesn't make you a u.s citizen i think everyone believes because they're a u.s citizen uh, because you you are granted u.s citizenship at birth that that means you have to be a u.s citizen but if you read into the legal framework behind being a U.S. citizen, a U.S. citizen is actually a federal government employee, and that's what makes you have to pay Social Security taxes. It also makes you have to pay federal income taxes. But if you're an employee, when, they should be paying you. Like that's, the employer pays the employee, not not the other way around. Right. Well, it also and that and that's also what makes you uh, privy to their restrictions on. Like gun rights, for example, like that's that's what makes them think that they can restrict your Second Amendment or make you have to register your firearms and have to get a CCW because you are saying you're a citizen of the United States as a you're like a federal employee in that structure. You're, you're saying you're within that structure of the, the United States. And because of that. You have to register your firearms with them. And if you look at what's happening right now, so I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is what it is. I'm saying this is what the state citizenship people, this is what the American national people, this is what they're saying. And I find it very interesting. I believe without a doubt, morally and ethically, they are right. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't know if I'm, I'm not necessarily comfortable doing something like that, but that's a big Morally leap of faith. They're right. Yeah. To, um, to take that kind of action. But yeah, I agree. If you live off the grid and you're self-sustainable, then yeah, they can't do anything to you other than lock you in a cage. 
Right. And then, and also, I mean, if you have, if you have like a, a tight knit community and you're trading, you know, with people for silver and, uh, like, like, like I was saying earlier, if you have like junk silver, yeah, you're bartering for things like there's no taxes on barter, like in there and there can't be, and you, and you're still using legal tender at the same time. Like, and you, and you can later when you know, we're dealing with a hyperinflation economy because Joe Biden's going to probably kick in UBI at some point. So whatever I bought junk silver for today is going to be worth probably, you know, 15 times for in five years. You know, if I ever go to sell it and I do want to be in dollars again one day, it's going to be worth way more. Or if I have to be for whatever reason, because, you know, not everything is going to be uh, something I, I can buy from buy in silver. There's going to be a time where I need to buy an air conditioning compressor or something. And you, you obviously need to buy that in dollars because you have to, if you have to make any kind of international trade, that obviously has to be in dollars. That's that's what the the entire point of having that dollar currency for is, so you can make a overseas trade or make a, a a trade across state lines. But the idea of like a local trade is supposed to be in a local currency, like a Nevada or Utah goldback, or in a silver coin or something like that. So that way, number one, it's tax free, and number two, so it stays local. That that kind of stuff. You don't need you don't need a cryptocurrency to, to do that kind of shit. Yeah. Fuck the cops. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. So, so when you get when you get pulled over, and the and you don't have an ID or a registration or a license plate or a driver's license, you just do the. the have walk. some pride in yourself. Have some faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord, and don't tell these scum sucking motherfuckers nothing. Uh, so wrapping up here, you have, I, I have one clip left from you. Um, I don't even remember what it is. What I if just, I could get you, what I if I could get subscribe. you like a really good resource for, uh, cause I was talking to, to like the local, uh, person who's like the, the person for like the state assembly in my area. Mm-hmm. What if I could get you to talk to her for, uh, for a podcast? I think you'd really, really, oh, hell yeah. uh, I'm always down. It'll be I'm yeah. I'm booked up as shit. Like I squeezed you in, but like it'll be about a month before I can probably get start adding. Like uh, I'm booking out like a month in advance now. But I think I think you'd have like a killer conversation because like you're you're obviously super skeptical about it, but she's also she's got like a wealth of information. So she's and, a um, she's a sovereign citizen. She's already. I mean, I wouldn't consider her a sovereign citizen. She she would she would consider herself a state citizen, which is. It's it's effectively the same thing, but she's got like a she's got a passport that says that she's not a U.S. citizen. Um, Let's be she nice. She doesn't have a driver's license. She's got a state ID. She's got a uh, a, she uh, a social number. She also has an e, uh, but she doesn't give it out to anybody. She also ha- she has an E and I. Um, that she typically uses for you're not businesses. supposed to give your social security number out. Well, I no, I mean even to banks. Oh, she doesn't give oh. It to anybody. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. She uses an e uh, e i n for uh, for that. Um, she, wow. to to do any kind of loans or anything like that. She yeah, um, I'd love to. This is a private association for everything. I was like, this is like kind of incredible. When, when I was like listening to this, I was like, this kind of makes a lot of sense. And um, and I was like, you know, everybody thinks they need to to be incorporated. I was like, 
for what? Like everybody, everyone's trying to get all these tax breaks. And I was like, what? going to be in corporate. Oh, you can't have your business open or you have to be, have your people outside in a picnic table and in a tent to, for your restaurant, like all this crazy shit that they just did with COVID. Like once you're tied in with that incorporation system, because you're incorporated through them, you're, you're doing everything through them. But if you're bartering, but still using quote money, they have no power over you. You're just trading and you can, and, and because we have through the first amendment, uh, freedom of assembly, which is completely unrestricted and freedom of speech, they, they, they can do nothing effectively if you try to have a private association and just do whatever kind of business you want throughout, just not using us dollars. I, I think people just take for granted and think they need to incorporate everything, but with just don't even factor in the fact that they, they don't necessarily need to do everything in dollars. Obviously you have to do certain things in dollars, but, uh, oh, I, they get, I like money. I love money, but, uh, currency. Yeah. I like money though. Currency, <laughs> however, is, uh, is the scam. Yeah. And, um, I think that we just got to find a way out of this. And that's, uh, that's what I'm suggesting here. Okay. So you're, I'm, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but your thesis is, what is your thesis? Is it basically, um, the, the, the sovereign citizen movement is while being correct, could be being, it's been hijacked or is being used to lead people astray. How does Bill Gates tie into QAnon? Let's wrap, let's so, bring this all together. Oh yeah, the, the, uh, the Q thing. So, um, I, I noticed there was a bunch of, so obviously there, there's Q in the name for, for the Q and non-stuff. And then I noticed all the, the Russell J Gould stuff. He's got quantum everywhere. He's, he's just quantum. Oh, everything. really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Q quantum. I was like, Hmm. And I was like, I, I wonder if like out of nowhere, there's going to be like this, like Q is part of the quantum movement. And then they're going to tie in like the quantum is Bitcoin or something. You know what I mean? Like if they're going to do some crazy shit like that, like just, just my speculation, I don't know. But, um, and then I was just like, just, just seeing the potential psyop that you've got this guy, um, well, I mean the, the, the obvious thing of the, like I said, the, the, the universal postal union, um, has that ties to the, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. And then I was saying that you've got these, the, the quantum shit and you've got all these, these sovereign citizens and they're, they're saying very similar things to what the Q people are saying. They've got very similar gripes with the system and I can see how there's a ton of crossover and it's like, it's, it's really seeming like they're like leading people into this as like, once you're pissed off that Q led you nowhere, go here. And if you look at a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the Q people cross over right into this, this, this world of just from like a lot of different podcasts. Yeah, I it was like to and January stuff. 7th or 8th. They were our, like no agenda covered. Like this is what Q's like, oh yeah, the America's a corporation, all this shit. And Adam was like, we were talking about this on the show 12 years ago. 
He was talking about Steve Pachinik. He's like, you guys, you know, all the military contacts Curry has. He's like, when you guys figure this shit out, let me know. Until then, I'm going to act like Biden's president or whatever he said. It was like, because it's like, yeah, it's it, it, we're full, full circle back to when Obama was just getting elected. And this was the talk it was like America's a corporation. And um, I remember all that from back then. So I don't, Which is, I mean, it, it might be true. And it, might, and it probably is true, but like. I, don't know I think what it's we just do one of those it. things like, well, I, it was like I said, I mean, the, the whole thing is, I think it, it's almost like one of those things is if they tell everybody, it's going to explode so fast and so quickly that no one's going to be ready for it, that like you're going to have such an exodus from the system and it's going to create such chaos they're trying to create the stability and let people exit safely from the dollar, from the from the system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah, like a controlled burn or something. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. to me is hopefully there the are only good way... smart people that are working this shit out. You know, sometimes I, I wonder. Or it's really just all entropy and chaos and. It's like the Joker said, we're just ready to watch the world burn. And, uh, <laughs> yep, just like that. that <laughs> yeah. That's the other alternative. Cause that's, that could I really have my dog happen. chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. You want me to, to wrap up? Like, you got, I got it. I don't remember. I just called this subscribe, but I got it. One, your last clip on your list. Uh, which one is it? I don't remember. I just called it subscribe. It's one minute long. Yeah, put it on. I, I, I don't know which one it is. So it's all about citizenship. If you're a U.S. citizen, you are a slave. If you're a state citizen and not a U.S. or you can be a state citizen and not a U.S. citizen, see the citizenship video. It's called being an American national and those people have all the rights of the king. This procedure is how you can get an American national passport. When you do that, you will be flagged up in their system um, and uh, it will be do not stop, do not detain, do not interrogate, life, lifetime concealed weapons permit. And um, that's what they say. Um, I couldn't tell you for sure. I've never seen their computer system. Don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Excuse me. Don't forget to click the bell next to the subscribe button so you're notified when there's a new (laughs) upload. So if you notice, it was like... Like and subscribe, guys. Hi, guys. Smash that like button. If you notice, he kind of threw in there like, uh, I think you get red flagged. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a big fucking deal if you get red flagged by, like, you know, your local police and the FBI. Um, they put you on a no-fly list. Uh, they pro- <laughs> they 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 take your kids. Uh. Well, that's again, that's the thing. I I don't know. They, from what I understand, this actually you have a stronger case because basically you're not part of their legal system system anymore. They're not able to do anything with you. Um, but if you're red flagged, you may be listed as a terrorist now. You know yeah, what I mean? Like and, that, that changes you could, everything. You could like that. You could be deported because you're not a citizen. Well, no, you they can't be deported ship you up to because Antarctica. no, you can't. Well, they can't ship you anywhere because you 
are a citizen of your state and you're an American national. That's what I'm saying. Like, they can't do shit to you because you have a passport. So it's almost like you're a Native American or or something. Yes. You're like a protected class or something. Yes. Okay. Well, 100%. Here's the problem. But but again, they, but again, this is what I'm saying. You are a terrorist to the federal government. That's what I'm saying by, by the fact that they red flag you. But and and they're trying to and that's what I'm saying. They're I think the they're problem funneling is, people into this. Like there's like um the the it seems like that falls apart pretty quick because let's say you were one of those people that were born and your parents never reported you like got you a birth certificate or social security number and your birth was never reported, which happens. Yep. And then you killed someone. They're yep. gonna drag your ass to jail and put you in front of a court. It's not like they can't just like you're like not able to be prosecuted for no matter what you do, just because you don't have like a social security number. I just, no, they, they, I mean, the, even the, even the, even the people you talk to in like the state national people or the uh, American national movement, they'll tell you that like effectively you can still be detained. You can still be arrested, but if you, you, you am can't I being be, detained officer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am I being but, um, <laughs> but, but basically they, they have no jurisdiction over you for any kind of financial crime, any kind of uh, traffic citation, any of that bullshit, basically. But yeah, obviously, if you aggress against somebody and the fact that, like, like again, police have qualified immunity despite the fact that their their role in society is supposed to be over the post, uh, the post office routes and over the railroads, they, uh, they're still the only peacekeepers we have, they're going to be the people to arrest you if you murdered someone. So um, I don't think anyone's going to argue, even the people in the sovereign citizen movement, that they should be the ones to arrest you. Um, I don't think there's any kind of disagreement or, or, or misunderstanding there. If you aggress against somebody, you know, but if you're if you're somebody who is abiding by the non-aggression principle and you are living peacefully in your house, um, and the only crime is you're not paying the property taxes that you've been assessed illegally by your state, then you should not be evicted from your home. That's effectively the the thesis of being a sovereign citizen because you have you are being forced into this system uh, to pay those property taxes and you never consented to them. I, I guess what I need to do is look up the legal legal precedent, see how I just I need to look more into how well this works, like how many people have tried it and how many people has it worked for and what states were those. Yeah. Like I said, if, if everything, dude, if, if everything, everything goes back to Russell J. Gould, man, it's flimsy. It really is. But um, and and honestly, if it does. And this dude really is the man. Holy shit, this guy did something incredible. Well, I'm going to send you that Clint Richardson episode with Dean and also the uh the other one that that's even way crazier but like the I can't I forget their names, but um yeah, and and let, I want I'm I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on that. And I'm going to dig into Russell J Gold and so I'll have plenty to look into before our next episode and look into like the legal precedent for all this stuff. But yeah, we yeah, need to wrap. Um, we need to wrap this bitch up. You got any anything else we need to? Yeah, go over I was gonna quick? say watch watch that full video that um that you were just that that one where you're mocking that dude with the like and subscribe button. But uh, 
he that 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 whole video he actually he breaks down the legal precedents behind how someone can change their passport from being a u.s citizen to a non-u.s citizen um okay. and why that they they could or should do that and if you you can actually just like look up the things yourself i i, I didn't use google because i assumed that google was going to censor it but i'm not even sure if, if you, you could probably even just google it um I found almost everything that he had cited and he was dead 100% right about it. So that was pretty fucking interesting to me. Like the stuff he was talking about, about the fact that U.S. citizens and state citizens uh, are not, like do not necessarily have the same uh, jurisdictional rights and stuff like that. When, when, when he starts breaking it down, like they are a different class of person from a legal perspective and that U.S. citizens are... Uh, basically, I, I think they basically have no rights. Effectively, they have uh, they don't have constitutional rights. Oh shit! I just got it. Okay, here's how you here's how you just circumvent the whole system and you get away with everything you want to get away with in 2021. You renounce your U.S. citizenship, move to Mexico, become a Mexican, and then sneak across the border. You'll get free health care, and you won't have to pay taxes, and you'll get to vote. It's like a well, perfect, see, perfect Here's plan. the thing. Mexico has really strict <laughs> citizenship rules, so right. they won't let you do that shit. No, Mexico and, will literally beat the shit out of you if you cross the border illegally. Yeah, exactly. You in jail. I think they put the wall up to stop us from going over there. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, Boris, it's, it's always... Uh, oh, shit. I about knocked everything over. It's always it's always good good chat. We, I, uh, we definitely got to keep doing these more often. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, uh, all the stuff you sent me to, we'll, I'll put all that in the show notes, and I'll put the couple other things in there. And uh, yeah, as soon as we wrap this episode up, I'll send you that episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass out. I got a got a doctor's appointment with the wife. Pregnancy things. Congratulations on that. Thanks, um, man. We're excited. Get some, uh, get some gold and silver, everybody. Word. Um, oh, by the way, was I wearing pants when we started this? I hope you're not asking me. Hey, was I wearing pants when we went in there? Shit. What do I look like, a pants goblin? The British Empire was defeated by Indians under Mahatma Gandhi because they made their own salt. And back in 2009 the beginning of bitcoin it was, the, it was the cypherpunks and everybody who was objecting to central bank authoritarianism who got together and said we're going to make our own money we're going to make our own money it's called bitcoin and it's passive resistance and it's going to topple the central bank empire the central banks around the world i predict one of my predictions will be one of the major central banks in the world will collapse in 2021 uh, they're highly leveraged, as your guest Jim Rickards points out many times. These banks are leveraged 50, 60, 70 to 1. They're leveraged more than long-term capital management was when long-term capital management was at its highest point of leverage. So Rickards would know about this stuff. And one of them is going to collapse in 2021, and that will start an avalanche out of fiat money and paper money, and the top beneficiary of that will be Bitcoin. That's one of the catalysts for price appreciation in 2021. But my point is this, Daniela, Bitcoin is a protest, a protest against fiat money, central banks, authoritarianism. 
And the way the protest works is the cypherpunks and everyone involved in Bitcoin, essentially, we made our own money. It's perfect money. It has nothing to do with the state. You've separated for the first time in history state from money. It's never been done before, ever. And it, it, now it has been finished. It has been completed. It has been uh, figured out and it's been launched and it's out there for 10, 11 years and it's working. And the nation state, as we know it, is going to dissolve. Central banks are going to dissolve and, and fiat money is going to go the way of all fiat money has gone over 300 years. Not a single fiat money, paper money scheme has lasted over the past 300 years. They've all gone to zero or lost 99% of their purchase power. So uh, it should be no shock to anyone that the US dollar is going to go to zero. The uh, British pound looks particularly horrible. That's definitely going to go to zero. Uh, all the fiat money is going to go to zero. And of course, the chief beneficiary of that would be Bitcoin. And these are the catalysts. These are the catalysts to see uh, this price projection and why, you know, when we get into the numbers, you'll you'll understand more why I have the number that I have. Q tells us stuff in all of its lies is what I'm saying. You keep you keep interrupting me because you're lying because you're full of shit. That's why, because every god thing, goddamn thing out of you people's mouths doesn't come true. And it's always, oh, there's energy, and oh, now we're done with Trump. You said he was the Messiah. You said he was invincible. You said it was all over. They were all going to get Mo. Now, oh, he's part of a larger thing of Q. I will not suffer your Q people after this. I knew what you were day one, and I know what you are now, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks and pumpkin popsums and everything. <laughs> Sorry. Bye-bye, Q. I can't talk to you anymore. Jesus Christ. Lord, help me. Oh. I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks. You're full of shit. Pumpkin popsums. I'm sick of it. You keep interrupting me. And all of it's lies. Because you're lying. That's why. Oh, there's energy. And oh, now we're done with Trump. You said he was the Messiah. You said he was invincible. I will not suffer your cure people after this. I knew what you were day one. Witches and warlocks are full of shit. Pumpkin popsums, I'm sick of it. You keep interrupting me. And all of it's lies. Because you're lying. That's why every goddamn thing out of your people's mouths doesn't come true. You said it was all over. You tell us the stuff. You. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Witches and warlocks are full of shit. Pumpkin popsums, I'm sick of it. You keep interrupting me. And all of it's lies. Because you're lying. That's why witches and warlocks are full of shit. Pumpkin 